This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> Give me a name. I like him. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. I like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? Yeah, another huge audience this week on the live big side. Big one, Gene. big audience. I, yeah. I think I think whenever we change days, it throws people off because uh, there ain't nobody in there. Nah, and a one Jeez. day a one day change is, is is tough as well. Yeah, this is going to be a weird week uh, no matter what. But uh, we we yeah, we're on a Tuesday. Uh, we were not on Tuesdays first. I don't think we ever recorded on a Tuesday, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge. Like Wednesdays and Thursdays, we, we we would bounce between those a bunch. I think we kept off on Mondays and Tuesdays pretty much our entire uh, uh, history doing this this show. I, I don't too early in the week. What are you going to talk about? You know, it, it, yeah, I yeah. Don't think so when's it? So when's so when's it going up? Uh, it will go up uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, everybody. So oh, Wednesday yeah. morning, people will. will. So you give it to everybody on the Wednesday. Yeah, that would be two days early. Okay. All right. So, um, I don't know. What do these people do? Why are these people so busy on a Tuesday? What are these people doing? Uh, NXT, obviously. NXT. Um, oh, come on. We know that's not the case. 420. These maybe they're, 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 as you like to say, embarking, <laughs> you know, doing a little bit of the devil's lettuce uh, celebrating today. That's a possibility. Um, Our listeners are doing that every day. That's true. They could do it while they listen to the show, too. I don't know why that would preclude them from, you know. We've yeah. heard it's actually better, that the show is actually a lot better. If you are under the uh, the influence of various <laughs> narcotics and drugs and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, NXT. NXT is really uh, getting in the numbers here. Everybody wants to see the championship celebration of Kushida. <laughs> so. Yeah, big lineup, <laughs> huge lineup. Um, yes, on NXT this week. It's uh, how far do you think it drops, or do you think it stays at you know eight hundred point two two? I I don't. I mean, Raw, Raw held up pretty pretty okay. So, I don't know. NXT was really 1. bad. 1. That, yeah. 1. What was it 1.9 million? Yeah, it said, it said at 1.9. So, that's... 0.61 I mean, or something like that? Yeah, I'd say somewhere really probably around there. Yeah. That, I think that's what it was. I'm not looking at it. But, that, you know, it'll be number one on cable for the week probably again. If it did a 0.61, I mean, I guess it could get caught um, by... Uh, well, this is the final challenge, right? So I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, it, w- it would be. That's going to do a huge number. How about Dynamite? How about this? Dynamite does that huge number last week, right? With no Moxley, no Cody, Omega just popping in for a pre-tape interview, and they come back this week with no Moxley, no Cody. <laughs> And you know the the challenge finale, which is going to do a monster number. Yeah, they're just doing their thing. They're not, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, there is a Darby match. Look, Darby Jungle Boy 
was a million percent put on that show because, listen, we need to start talking about Darby Allen. He is a legitimate absolutely ratings draw at this point. And I not a fluke. Yeah, a we, we wondered if it was a fluke, you know, last year because it's not a fluke. I mean, every time they put that guy in a big spot, especially the women, the women fucking love Darby Allen. So, that, that hey, go for it. Yeah, so they didn't exactly load up the show either this week. I mean, they added the Darby Jungle Boy match, which is, it, you know, D- Darby segments – do numbers every week, and that one's going to do numbers. Um, are we going to have to go through the whole Dave Meltzer thing of Jungle Boy needs to win this, or he's going to be no, he's buried and destroyed, and one years old? Yeah, but every time Jungle <laughs> Boy know. has a, every know. time Jungle Boy has a match, you know, Dave, who we love, you know, insists that he had this time he has to win, or they risk burying him forever. Um, but no, Jungle Boy absolutely should not win this match. Um, no, Darby, you know, and Darby brought those lost female, those lost young female viewers mm-hmm. back last week as well. Number one female, eighteen to forty nine, which we talked about last week. So, um, you know, we sit here and say, "Oh, no, Cody and and no, this guy or that guy," but you know, we have to start putting Darby in that conversation. And the fact that they added Darby to the show. And uh, I presume he'll main event, right? What else is on the show again? I can't remember. Yeah, I forget but, what's on Dynamite this week, but but I think the the Darby segment to me, at least I read, uh, to me seems like it's the it's the big. And and if they're smart, that's going to be the final uh, the or final top match, of so. hour. Yeah, yeah, or, right, right. I mean, you could they'll open up with a high action match again, and they have a bunch of different options. You oh, there's Sheeta. Oh, I forget there's Sheeta and, and and Ty Conti. That sounds pretty good. So you got Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy TNT title. Yeah, that's probably your main event. Yeah, Ricky Starks versus Adam Page, uh, Penta versus Trent, uh, Christian versus Powerhouse Hobbs, and then Sheeta versus Tay Conti for the uh, the women's title. So, all right, so they're going to open up with either Hangman versus Starks or Trent versus Pentagon. That kind of fits the profile of what they like to open up with. Um, they're probably going to main event with Darby. Jungle Boy, I could see that being top of hour, but you know maybe the women's match, the women's title match, top of hour, or the other way around. You know because a lot of times the show trails off in that second hour, so maybe you want to put Darby Jungle Boy at the top of the hour. To yeah, like keep him, that. keep him, and then they don't want to leave. Yeah, and then you know put the women's match in the main event slot, which is also good PR, obviously. Um, so you know there's a lot of different ways they can go with that, or you know so. That's a that's a really good lineup. I don't know if it's a really good, you know, ratings lineup, so to speak. But there's a lot going on on that show, and all of it's interesting. So, Joe, uh, I would say there's too much going on, and I don't like when my wrestling is interesting and has various stories. So, I, I my rebuttal is uh, let's stop telling stories and and, and stop having uh, fun, exciting TV, and and let's just get down to what wrestling is supposed to be, which is promos, <laughs> long, yes. arduous promos. <laughs> Rich, I I respect your argument of not wanting to confuse the mythical (laughs) casual viewer too much. Because what you're telling me is uh, here is that over the course of the last few weeks, they've developed these stories, which has made uh, a situation like this where all five matches are at least related to some sort of story uh, that has recently gone on on the show. And that's just too much for my my feeble, feeble little brain to uh, to handle. So I am going to turn into goop. So enjoy while you watch uh, Dynamite because I'm going to be goop because I can't handle it. So Yeah, I mean, uh, my counterpoint, Rich. Would be that I like my wrestling shows to have things happening. Well, okay. And to have lots of action. We'll agree to disagree then, Joe. Yes. I yes. don't. <laughs> yeah, you want nothing to happen. I want NWA power. That that's my stuff. I want power. Yeah, you know, for all the people, you know, that's a great point you bring up. For all the people that think that Dynamite just has too many people on the screen. <laughs> There's a show. <laughs> There's a show for you. And too much happening. 
and too many, too many, too much exciting stuff. Listen, I got a lot of options for you, and we could start with NWA Power, which was horrendous this week. This was the worst one yet, with one highlight. Rich, if I told you that Camille versus Genocide, who was quickly becoming a uh, a non-ironic favorite, it was an ironic favorite of mine because I love the name. I love the name Genocide. <laughs> it's a very, it's got a real 1997 like you know Northeast Indies uh, vibe to the name Genocide, which is great. So I feel like she should be in a stable with Sue Young, who will be Suicide, and uh, Sabu, who of course is homicidal, genocidal, suicide. Put them all in a stable, have all the sides together. But if I told you that Camille and Genocide had a legitimately very good match on power, you probably wouldn't believe me. Now, is it a hard enough wreck to tell you to go spend your hard-earned $4.99 on a power subscription? I'm not going to go that far. But it's unfortunate because I feel like if that Camille-Genocide match had been on their old format on the YouTube, they would have stumbled into creating a new star. I'm not saying Stone Cold Steve Austin, but a star at their level because they, they genocide really came out of that looking like, holy shit, they've stumbled into a player. But the problem is it's just me and like a half a dozen other people. Yeah, it. it's like we always say, you know, paywalling. I, I, under, I, I, I kind of get what NWA is doing by, by paywalling power. But the problem with that is when, whenever you do that, the growth is, is 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 minimal. You you can do that when you've or you've established what you are. You can do that when you're an established company, and that's you know what pay per view obviously is, and the network, and Peacock, and you know AEW, you know going to pay per view or any sort of pay per view. You can do that. You can sort of paywall big stuff and and paywall shows and do all that sort of. But you need to have an audience before you do that. And the problem is NWA is trying to cultivate, or I guess a maybe there's two options. A they think they have enough of an audience, which I would strongly disagree with or be they're trying to cultivate an audience via this but it's just never going to happen like you said and they're not a, a great idea would be if there were people there that still kind of knew what they were doing and knew understood the game and and well, it remains to be seen i have no idea what they're gonna do this week but if like you're saying i, I haven't seen the match i have no I, you know i can't say but if that match really did you know deliver on the level that you're talking about that's a, a an easy way to say okay boom put this up on youtube for free and say hey this this is a free match that we're showing on but you know every single week this action is going to be for 499 yada 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 they're not really doing that they're just kind of keeping everything behind that wall and and who's going to climb over that wall like who's 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 gonna say hey, you know what yeah i, I do need to pay five dollars for for an episode of power like it's just it's so tough to, to to do that and to grow on any level whatsoever so it's just it's a terrible idea i i, I wish they were i i i get it i do from a point but i can't imagine like i would love to see the actual figures of the dollar difference between what they get on fight right now by people buying those subscriptions and what they were getting on youtube ads and stuff because the youtube i mean there were videos that were doing really really well in terms of views and stuff like that and, and stuff would blow up every so often some of those 10 pounds of gold would blow up and a bunch of people would watch them and you'd see the views just pile up and pile up and pile up and that could be pretty lucrative for a company like that so i don't know i'd love to see a week is it youtube revenue in the shitter it's not great. It's no, I mean, you got to get like, yeah, it, it, it fucking sucks. It's, it's not. No, well, but. here's the, look, look, here's, here's the bottom line. They needed to generate revenue. I get the attempt, but this attempt has failed by anybody who has attempted it. In fact, they just saw it fail with an affiliated deal with this, with the UWN primetime live right, show, right, right, yeah. which they're affiliated with, which they were sending talent to. And we just saw that fail. Dave Marquez openly admitted that it failed when people asked him, hey, is this ever going to come back? And he said, no, we made zero dollars. 
So, um, look, this model doesn't work, but I get the attempt. Uh, would it help if the shows were any good and were cultivating any buzz whatsoever? Maybe. I still don't think it would work. Um, but it's definitely not going to work with these shitty shows that they're pumping out every week, this week being a low point. Just totally incoherent storylines that don't make any sense. Uh, the matches are fine. They're not good enough to generate any buzz with the exception of this Camille genocide match, which, again, isn't going to fill up people's notebooks, but was just a really fun and uh, shockingly good match that I think really would have done a ton for someone like Genocide uh, in the same way that NWA in the past has done a ton for people like Ricky Starks and Zicky Dice. You know, a match like that for Genocide would have been a real eye-opener for a lot of people had anyone seen it. Um, I really think they dropped the ball last week. They did something called Power Surge, which turned out to be nothing other than a 30-minute clip show of the first couple of episodes. Why the fuck wasn't that free? You could at least give that away for free yeah. to, that, to tell people, hey, here's what you've been missing. Right. That should be an every week YouTube upload. Is, here's what's on our show. Here's little clips. Here's little stuff. Hey, if you want to watch the full shows, they're available here. I mean, that, that's, that seems like a no-brainer to me. You can't charge people for a clip show. You know, what and that's doing? insulting to me as a subscriber that I had to pay for that as part of my subscription. Right, I right, saw right. this. Right. There was one original match. It was, you know, a short little four-minute, um, you know, there was one fresh match. But the rest of it was just, it was a clip show. That would have been perfect. If you want to do that, if you want to do Power Surge once a month for free on Fight, even if you don't want to do it, even if Fight, because I have a feeling that with the Fight deal, they can't put stuff on YouTube, which is why they pulled everything down from YouTube. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's fine. But, you know, if I'm Fight, I get in the room with them. And, I, you know, if the numbers are bad, which they undoubtedly are, and I'd say, hey, look, maybe we give this, this, this clip show that you guys are doing. Let's do that for free once a month. You know, and then people can check it out and say, oh, you know, I, I like, you know, and then you shoot, you do, you could shoot a hot angle on it or you could show your angles on it. Uh, you, they need to shoot a hot angle first. They've done nothing. On the <laughs> I was say, I mean, yeah, nothing happened. Good start is, is do I mean, something interesting would be a good way to start. I mean, that, seriously, yeah. for all these people with these wild complaints that there's too much happening on Dynamite, this is the show for you. Yes. You yeah, want you a can... show where nothing ever happens. <laughs> NWA Power. NWA uh, Power is your is your show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Monday Night Raw uh, does a pretty good job, too, now that uh, the, the, these days where they had two back to back shows that were exactly the same, uh, essentially. But yeah, power. If you're, yeah. Really, if you're really striving for, I want a Raw of seven people where nothing happens boy do i have the promotion for you absolutely so, yeah. power's right there for Ty- you. do you love tyrus do you love seven people do you love nothing happening i got something for you yeah yeah what is this new thing with wrestling fans where they complain that there's too much good shit happening on a wrestling show i've i've it, it blows my mind have wrestling fans been conditioned that badly to that extent by wwe programming to where now they don't like shows that are action packed where a lot of cool stuff happens. Well, I think is that I, where we're at. I, we're we're so, okay, and this is something that's kind of always going on with AEW. We've talked about it from the minute that AEW started. Is there's this there's a lot of people that really really like AEW. There's a lot of people that really want to like AEW. There's a lot of this like you know, and, and, and at least in our little bubble for for the most part, there's people that under you know really really want AEW to succeed and be great and be good. But every time there's a little bit of a slip up, it's like oh no, here we go. They're fucked. It's all gonna end it's all over and we saw that for years and years and years you know one bad rainy would come in and it's like oh here we go we're done it's over uh, it all sucks change everything it's it's a failure there's there's this weird sort of um 
I don't exactly know the right right word to say it, but I think there's this worry that like, oh, if they start doing too much, it's going to turn into Vince Russo and it's going to turn into WCW and it's it's going to fail again. And I think it comes from a place of people wanting it to succeed, but at the same time, they just don't they don't let it live. It's just this constant. Every single week is a referendum on. Oh my god, here we go. Uh, this isn't going to work. Oh my god, they're they're falling into old traps. They're going to become WCW overnight, and it's just like okay, like let let's let's maybe let it play out a little bit before we you know, immediately other, decide that it's over. That- but the other thing, Rich, about this is I, I understand this is not your argument, and, and and I think you're right. But the people not realize this is not a 12 pay per view per year promotion. This is a four pay per view per year promotion. Shit has to happen on the TV show, right? Or, or else you or, end up like Impact. And, and and remember that a few years ago, or oh god, now at this point, five, six, seven years ago, I know we were doing the show for sure when. Impact decided, okay, or TNA at that time decided, okay, we're not going to do 12 pay-per-views anymore. We're going to do quarterly pay-per-views. And a lot of us, and and I was one of those, and I think you may have been as well, that said, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. It lets them refocus. Let's them really build to these pay-per-views, make these pay-per-views important. Because the pay-per-views weren't doing shit. Remember, the buys were, were pathetic. They were like 10,000 buys or, or under 10,000 or something like that. They were absolutely pathetic. So the idea was, okay, instead, we're just going to build to these quarterly pay-per-views. We're going to be good. The problem, though, is when they did those, they just didn't do anything until the last four weeks and then built the pay-per-view. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the point. You got to do stuff in between. You got to have these weekly specials. You have to have stuff that's exciting. You have to do things in between that to build to those those you know quarterly pay-per-views. And they took it the absolute worst way where they just didn't do shit for five, you know, five, six, seven weeks. And then for four weeks would go and do stuff like it was a normal pay-per-view build. And yeah, you're like, you're right. AEW can't do that. They need to do stuff. They need to peak at different points throughout the month and throughout the months to build up to those quarterly pay-per-views eventually. And, 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 and that's important. And that's a, that's a big deal. And plus they're, you know, their cash cow is, is TNT giving them money. So if they, thank you. Yeah. If they so, do well on TV, then you know, that, that really, shift, yeah. That, I that, know that, it's hard for people, but they have to shift their thinking from pay-per-view being the most important thing to TV being the most important thing. Rich, we're going to do math. Are you ready to do oh, math? Oh, no. I was told there would be no math. Okay. Now, let's estimate call Brandon, Call Brandon. I don't want to do math. Let's estimate Get Brandon so Thurston these... here. Do you want me to call him, see if he's around? No, we're going to do the math live uh, on the air. Oh, that's always a good... God damn it. All right. Don't worry. I have my calculator handy. That's a lie. You don't. No, I have my phone, which has a calculator. That's fine. Okay. Yes, yes. I am. I am. Nobody owns a calculator anymore. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, I have my. I still have my graphing calculator from high school somewhere, but I. I couldn't. Listen, no one knows how to use those things. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't even know how to turn it on at this point. So, Sometimes yeah. with those, I can't even do basic math because the buttons that you think are going to do something do something else, and then I just get mad and throw it, and it's just a disaster. So, um, we're going to do math live on the air. Let's estimate high. And say that the AEW pay per views do 110,000 buys each. Sounds about right, right? right? 110,000. I got it. Okay, you got it. You got it. Okay, I'm not doing the math. That's good. All right, good. We have learned over the nine years that you should not do the math. (laughs) That's true. I'm handling the math. So let's estimate even on the high end and give, you know, let's say 100, because I think their record is about 110,000 buys for this last pay per view. They are some, they usually fall between 90,000 and 110,000 buys, about 100,000 buys every time out. So we'll say 110. We'll multiply that by an average price of, let's say, $50, which I, again, think is a little high. The HD pay per views are 60 bucks in the United States, but people outside the US can get them for like 20 bucks, I think, on fight. Let's just call it fifty dollars. Is that fair? So let's say that, 50 yeah. Let's do an average off. of fifty. That's fine. So now we're talking five and a half million dollars per pay per view. But we've got to give the pay per view distributors their cut. We know that's somewhere around a sixty forty split. Let's make this simple. And again, 
estimate high. So let's divide that uh, $5,500,000 by two. Let's do a 50-50 split. By being fair so far through the process, yeah, here. I think so. Yeah, I think the fifty fifty will help kind of regulate the the, the maybe the over uh, average price that we were doing there. So that's fine. That works. So we got two million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars net per pay per view. Okay, let's not get complicated here with production cost and paying people. The pay per views are bringing in two point seven five million dollars each times four of those per year. Correct. Correct. That's eleven million dollars. Rich, that's a shitload of money. Rich, how much is the TV deal? I'm hoping you had the answer in front of you. I was, I was trying to figure out I, like I what the TV deal was. Yes, go I, ahead. Was, I put you on the spot. It's about $45 million. Yeah, that's okay. So I, I'm not well, good at math, but I believe, Joe, and, and, and maybe jot this down, $45 million versus $11 million. I think $45 million is more than $11 million. What do you think? Rich, how much is the WWE television deal? Uh, wh- wh- you know, Some fucking how much- billion shit. I don't know. Okay. Two billion when you add the when you add the fucking peacock, yeah. So uh, they're about two hundred million a year each. They're getting two hundred million a year from 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 peacock, uh, billion dollar television deals, and Dynamite just did a point four four in the demo, which is uh, you know creeping up. Not like we said, Raw somewhere point six coming off WrestleMania, but doesn't it stand the reason that at the end of this deal, if Dynamite is still performing even in the same universe that they're performing now? That they're going to get far more than forty-five million dollars a year in their next television deal. You would hope, yeah. We're we're in year fifteen of saying the, the bubble is going to burst, and it hasn't burst yet. So, uh, yeah, no, they probably so, will make some some a, a decent chunk of change on that. Yes. So you tell me then, after we did all of that math and walked everybody through this, what is to AEW's advantage to make Dynamite to slow it down, brother, make it less exciting, and do less on the television? What's the thought process there? I mean, you, you, it's not even that you could argue. The television is more important than the pay-per-view. And I'm not saying that that $11 million a year they're making on the pay-per-views is chump change. It isn't. That's great. But as you said, when we set up this little math segment here, this impromptu math, the TV is the money that drives the cart or the horse that drives – whatever the fuck that phrase is. Okay, And that's what matters. So, yes, you're going to quote-unquote – Give away big matches on television, but you're not giving them away. TV is, you have to get the idea that, you know, now look, you want to save big stuff for your pay-per-views. I'm not saying you shouldn't, okay? But there's only four pay-per-views a year. The real money's in the TV. You absolutely should and need to do big matches on TV. And you also have to have an exciting, vibrant television show on a week-in, week-out basis. You have to. And we've talked about it. Can you overdo it? Can you overload it? Yes, of course you can. In my opinion, have they done that? No. There may have been one week a few weeks ago. I got a lot of the Thursday TV reviews, patreon.com slash voice of the wrestling. I review the show every week. Go listen to the archives, $5 tier. Best $5 you'll ever spend. Much better than the $5 you're spending on power. I can promise you that for our Patreon. Uh, there was a show a few weeks ago where I thought they were teetering on the brink, but they've been killing it with their TV shows since Revolution. And it's because the shows are action-packed, loaded with angles, loaded with action, loaded with great matches. There's like a killer trios match every single week. I mean, you know, the shows have been great. And I am not of the belief that they've been overdoing it. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that when they were struggling a little bit with the ratings there, 
uh, there were other reasons for that. And last week kind of proved that. Last week kind of proved that it wasn't the content. Because if it had been the content, they wouldn't have jumped as dramatically as they did. The question to you, Rich Krejci, what's the settle point? I know we talked a little bit last week. But now you have the benefit of the lineup that they're putting on TV this Wednesday. Do you think they come down? And how much do you think they come down this week? Um. I think they do a little bit. I think they. I, I, there's, there's no doubt. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to ask you demo first because, as the big seat told us directly, I don't care about total viewership <laughs> at all. Right, exact right, words. right, right. Yeah, no, you're exact right. words. I only care about the demo. So we got 1.2 and change million viewers, and mm-hmm. the 0.44 in the demo. Do you think they drop? And what do you think the settle point is now that you've seen the lineup for this week's show? I, I and do you think s- they reached the settle point this week, or do you think? Oh, go ahead, talk. To right. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that I thought last. I think the last week one was a new, unique, different kind of. To me, that that one is going to be the biggest number for a little bit. Uh, I don't know that this week is going to do that. The lineup is pretty good, though, like you said, and and there, there's creative, you know, booking there with Darby and Jungle Boy at the same, you know, in the same match against one another. Uh, they know what they're doing from that aspect. I would say the demo number was 0.44, you said, right? Yes. I think I think they'd probably drop to 0.4, but I don't think they go under 0.4. So I say a little bit of a drop, but they they stay above 0.4. Maybe 0.4 that on would the be, dot. That would be huge. Yeah. I think you'd have basically the Mike Tanay, uh, who's the other guy that was the impact announcer that everybody loves. Oh, Don uh, West for the high five. Yeah. You basically have the Mike Tanay, Don West GIF if yeah. they stay above 0.4, I think, in the room, um, to use paywall verbiage, if they stayed above 0.4. Um, look, it, it's a bold lineup because, like we said, it's really only Darby. You know, um, they're putting QT Marshall versus Billy. Billy not gun on the show this week, which I mean, a lot of people are burying that match. And it's like, man, I mean, there's a storyline reason for that match. I mean, QT is going to beat one of Cody's dopey underlings on TV and, and keep, you know, keep stoking the fire. Look, it's like, I know it's not all the same people. And I know we tend to do that as analysts. Sometimes we, we like to pretend it's this same group of people who are saying both things. But you have critique coming out of both sides of everybody's mouths. You know, you have some people saying they do too much on Dynamite. And then you have all these people complaining about this, you know, little TV match of QT Marshall versus Billy Gunn being on Dynamite. Oh, that's not Dynamite worthy. Why not? It's probably going to be four minutes. You know, QT's going to win. And he's probably going to cut a promo with his boys, you know, and, and keep heating up this Cody thing. And they set the match up with an angle on uh, on Elevation, which... I like seeing the synergy between the YouTube shows and Dynamite because it makes you feel like, oh, man, maybe I can't miss these YouTube shows. Kenny Omega's wrestling on Elevation. Kenny Omega's doing angles with Matt Seidel. Uh, they did an angle. You know, they're going to show that angle from Elevation on Dynamite this week between QT and Billy. And, and you know, maybe people will say, man, I, maybe I need to be watching Elevation. So I can't kill them for that match. Uh, you know, so um, – but with all of that said, you know, it, again, they didn't load it up to try to keep the momentum going. They're just doing their 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 usual thing, and they're telling the stories they planned on telling. Do you think that's a mistake? Would you have loaded up the week to no. try to keep that point for? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I I, I think those people are going to come no matter what, and, and if the show at least does, you know, if the show does something for those people. we I don't, I, I'll be honest. I don't really know what the viewing patterns of these fans are these days. 
it's been to me it's been very difficult. So I and again we 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 talked about this a little bit last week. Trying to hunt one week numbers and trying to hunt and say okay next week we got to do this this and this and that yeah, it, it, yeah. that's stuff. That's stupid. a dangerous game. It's a dangerous, dangerous game, game and it's a game you shouldn't yeah. play. What you should play is just do your thing. If it gets hot, people will come. That that is wrestling now for the last 20 god we're, we're up to what 25 years at this point probably as long as we've been saying this has been trying and and hoping and praying and doing whatever they can to get back to what they were in the attitude era and what we got to do this we got to do this to get we got to get people it, it never ever it's never a one week thing it's never a one month thing it's it's sometimes not even a year thing it's it's a, a an established build 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 thing so no you fucking you do what you're going to do and 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 you go and and eventually people get hot and that's fine. Like that, you know. You I mean you tell your stories, you elevate people, you do what you're doing with Darby, where little by little he's being elevated, and you start to notice trends. Hey, okay, Darby's popping numbers. Darby's, Darby's doing pretty well. When you want to do it with Jungle Boy, you could do the same thing. When you want to build those guys and 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 see who, you know, that's what it's all about. But yeah, hunting one week numbers, I would never do. So no, I, I I agree that they should not go and say, okay, we had good numbers last week. All right, let's just uh, Moxley versus Cody. No, no, no. That is that is now what people should worry about. If AEW starts doing that. That's when you should start saying, "Oh no, this reminds me of Russo WCW." Or, "Oh, this is TNA." Yeah, oh my God, they're gonna that. When you start doing that, that's when I worry. I don't worry about these individual weeks where where you know a lot of stuff happens. I worry about the weeks where they start giving you you know pay per view level main events or big time special main events, and they do you know one or two of them a, a, a week and and that sort of stuff. That's when I start to worry more than anything. A good example. They could have easily said, "Oh shit, we've got to maintain this number. This is tremendous. Let's just do Cody versus QT right now." Yeah, right, right, right. right. And then, then I would then if you want to say, "Oh, this reminds me of WCW." Oh, Russo. I would say, "Yeah, you're right. This is hunting a one week rating so that you can puff your chest and go, hey, look, we got 1.5 million people and a 0.45 in the demo. There you go for that one week.'" And it's like, "Yeah, but you <laughs> something that you could have done for nine weeks, you just blew off in one week, like." That's what yeah, I worry, yeah. and that's always the worry for for pro wrestling, and that's unfortunately been what a lot of pro wrestling has booked been booked like for the last twenty years. You can't hyper focus week to week. You really can't. If you hyper focus week to week, when they were on that three or four week run where where things were in the shitter, I mean, you would have been doing nothing but panic moves, and that's what a lot of these uh, uh, people were, were clamoring for. Oh, I got to make sweeping changes. None of this shit's working. Meanwhile. I was screaming behind the paywall, just stay the course. Just keep doing what you're doing because these stories are good and these stories are working. There's actual heat in this promotion now, and heat will always work. Heat and personal issues. So pro wrestling has always, always been about. I've been watching, uh, not not to interrupt, I've been watching old, uh, because I I live in Australia, of course, like you do, Joe. We live very close to each other in Australia. Um, Brisbane. uh, Is that where we, yes, right, Brisbane. Um, Uh, Is that where you're from? You're from Brisbane? Let me tell you, I'll tell you right now where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, where are you from? I think I'm from Melbourne. I'm from, but, uh, actually, yeah, I am from Melbourne. I, I tried to be exotic with the Brisbane. I don't even know where Brisbane is. I, yeah, I don't know. They're probably but, very uh, far from each other. But uh, let's, let's... We're MC, That's why we're big MCW fans. Yeah, yeah, because we live in there. <laughs> where, you know, it's... Yeah. How far is Brisbane from uh, uh, Melbourne? Let's see here. Or Melbourne. Uh, let's see. They're probably very far away. <laughs> probably uh, 17 yeah. hours away. So, yeah, which one is it, Joe? Where, where do you live again? Uh, Brisbane. You live in Brisbane. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I will come visit you one of these days. It's gonna uh, one thousand seven hundred seventy-six kilometers. Uh, but then I'll. Uh... So is is Brisbane EPW territory or somewhere in between? I don't know. Do I live out by uh, Davis Storm I, or do I live by? Uh... I hate to tell Davis Storm I don't know where he lives. Um, well, he's an EPW guy, so he's on the other coast. Yeah, that's Perth, so... right? That's like Perth and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah you are coast. you're very far away from Perth. Let me tell you, you are. Uh, 
uh, currently driving 45 hours away from Perth. So, so where the fuck is Brisbane on fucking Mars? Where it's gotta uh, so be near- you're, 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 it's far east coast, but it's like north, north. Oh, it's like north. Okay, so there's okay. Brisbane, and then there's Sydney, and then there's Melbourne. If you're on the on the the east side of Australia, the east southern east, like I'm in Melbourne, I'm right by Tasmania area. As as I know, you're you not, know Tasmania, yeah. You live out by uh, your you live out by Adam Brooks. Yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Brooksy always hanging out. You're an MCW yeah. guy. I'm an EPW guy. And listen, to, listen to his awesome theme music. Yeah. The, the I got the power uh, uh, sampled song, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which I did DM him and ask him about the song. Yeah. By the way, if, if you're wondering, so. I've listened. That's I'm a real aware. DM, by the way. That's I'm not well a. Aware. That's actually not a joke. I did actually DM him and say, "Hey, what's this song? I need to listen to it." So. Yeah. You also replied to a Julius Smokes DM from four years ago. <laughs> and now he wants Do we want to tell this story? Let's tell the story. Julius. I, oh, I just did. Julius Smokes sent us a DM. I'm going to get the exact quotes here, yeah. And not that Because Julius Smokes wouldn't care. Even if he listened to the show, he would not care about no. that. So. He sent a DM to us four years ago asking if we wanted to collaborate on his uh, <laughs> okay, fashion no, no. line or something. It's, quote, merchandise is available to five. Let's network. Thanks. Let's network, yeah. So I saw it like four years ago and just ignored it because it's not really what we do. We're not in a <laughs> fashion game. Rich replies February, to By the way, DM, February 1st, 2018, by the way. is that is the 2018, DM. February 1st. Rich replies to this DM last week. Because I just followed him. After, after uh, Lucid Dreams, I had a Lucid Dream and decided, why aren't we following Julius Smokes? So I followed Julius Smokes, and then I look at my Twitter DMs, and it shows up with Julius Smokes saying, hey, let's network. And I went, oh. Yeah, I'll network with Julia Smokes. Yeah, but Richard was from four yes, fucking years I ago. I didn't look at the dates. Yeah. But here's here's the punchline. He replied to you instantly, like 30 <laughs> seconds later. So I replied, thanks for sharing that link. Merch looks awesome. I don't it, It's fine. Anyway, I said, let's definitely talk. Yeah, well, one now we have to. One minute later. One minute later. Yes, one minute. I get the thumbs up from Julia Smokes. Well, now we have to collaborate with we Julia have to collaborate Smokes. With Julia Smokes yeah, so. so you're going to hear us reading ads for Julia Smokes and his fashion apparel on this show at some point because Rich, for some reason, responded <laughs> to a four-year-old DM that was buried so deep because our DM requests, Rich, that list runs deep. How many? Oh, do we it's bad. Yeah. You, do, you ever, do you ever jump okay. in there every so often? It's, it's, it's a thing. It's complete psychopaths. <laughs> it's really it's weird. Yeah, psychopaths. <laughs> the weirdest people you're ever encountering. We, we ruined. One guy um, said we ruined wrestling. Uh, people like Voices of Wrestling and other places, you guys have ruined wrestling. So Right, right. We get told that a lot. Um, but anyway, look forward to that collaboration. <laughs> the collab with Julia Smokes. I, you know what? There's worse things to do than collab with Julia Smokes. Listen, I'm not even knocking Julia Smokes. I'm knocking you yeah. for responding to a four-year-old DM. So look forward to VOWX Smokes coming, <laughs> coming to you very soon uh, with the collab. Um, so anyway, this all ties into Impact Wrestling this weekend, Rich. As now you wouldn't know this if you watch Dynamite, and I think this is something worth talking about. But this very weekend, Rich, we have title versus title, world title versus world title. Can't remember the last time something like this happened from an interpromotional standpoint. Kenny Omega is putting up the AEW world title. Rich Swan is putting up the Impact world title. And if you were just a person who drops in for dynamite every week isn't on twitter because you're smart um doesn't watch impact you would have no clue that this match is happening now i am not suggesting 
it is Dynamite's job or AEW's job or Tony Khan's job to promote someone else's pay-per-view. But if Kenny Omega is presumably winning this, wouldn't you want some of your fans' eyeballs on it? What do you think about Dynamite not promoting this at all? With it's, this uh, title versus title match coming it's up. It's very bizarre. It, it's, it's really bizarre. And, and this is something we mentioned many, many months ago when, when this first thing came up. And we decided when the first thing of AEW and, and, and Impact working together came up and Kenny first appeared, we always wondered about this point, this match, this moment when, you know, is AEW going to, how's it going to work for Impact? The, the, the benefits for AEW were obvious from the beginning is you get Kenny Omega to go onto another show, win their title, come back and say, I have this title too. I'm the champion of everything. Yada, yada. It made all sense in the world. It was good. And we always wondered, okay, what does impact get out of this? Then that one first week came in and we said, oh, okay, well, they get eyeballs. They get new people watching because of Kenny Omega. They get, you know, just the, the very idea of having Kenny Omega on their show. And it was doing, you know, it, it did good ratings. Their Twitch numbers were up. Their YouTube numbers were up. It was like, okay, cool. They don't need much more than just to have Kenny Omega. That's going to be enough to, to sustain them. Little by little, as, we, as we've kind of talked about on the show, those numbers have, have gone down or been somewhat, in, I don't want to say insignificant, but they're, they're still significant in the grand scheme of things, but not a, they don't mean as much as they did you know, two months ago, which is obvious. Like Eventually, that would get old, and people would say, okay, what, what are we going to do here? But when Kenny does wrestle, the, the number does pop up a little bit, but this is the point. This is that big fight. This is the reason you do this sort of relationship is this week, this weekend, which <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind that it's this weekend. Uh, you even asked me before we started the show, hey, Rebellion's this weekend. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I barely even knew. I, I, you know, it was as I was getting ready for the, the week in Voices Wrestling and, and kind of assignments and reviews or something. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, Rebellion this week. Wow, okay. This is the point. This is what it's all about. And this point is when you needed, if you're Impact, you needed to say, hey, look, we're going to do this thing. And yeah, Kenny can do this. But you got to, we, we need X amount of, you know, promotion on this platform, on this platform, on this platform. You know, when you get to the table there, I know Impact doesn't have a ton to, you know, to, to, to bargain with, but they have enough to bargain with to say, hey, no, 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 we'll do whatever. Yeah, Kenny can win the title, Kenny, but you got to promote this pay-per-view. We need pay-per-view buys here. So let's go. Like, let's let's put a commercial on, on, on Dynamite. Let's have Kenny Omega talk about it. Let's have Rich Swan on AEW. There's so many different ways that they could go about this. And, I mean, we'll see what they do this week, but, yeah, there's been nothing, nothing. I mean, they have done nothing whatsoever to get it ready. And you're right, that's not AEW's job to do that. AEW's job is not to promote for Impact. But I just, I don't know, what, did Impact sit at the table and go, yeah, whatever, yeah, okay, who cares? Like, I mean, that, that to me, that would be a no-brainer. Say, hey, no, 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 no. In the two weeks leading up to Rebellion, or the three weeks leading up to Rebellion, we need X amount of commercial time. We need Rich Swan to appear on the show. We need Kenny to cut a promo. Like, you need to have something. They just have done absolutely nothing. And and, and it's, yeah, they'll probably get, they'll pick up some buys just because it's Kenny Omega and it's Rich Swan and it's a big match and people that know about it know about it. But, no, they've just done nothing. And it, it's, it's... It's weird. It's it's very strange. And and even if I'm AEW, I who cares? Like I, I I don't feel I don't think that impact is a threat to me. I don't really give a shit if five thousand of my fans, just throwing a number out there, I don't care if five thousand of, of AEW hardcores go and purchase an impact pay-per-view because I don't think they're gonna stick around. I think they will come back to me eventually, or they'll just watch both, but I don't think they're gonna ditch. I, I don't think your AEW hardcore that doesn't know about impact and doesn't watch impact is gonna watch rebellion. No offense to impact and no offense to rebellion, but I don't think they're going to watch that show and go, oh, well, I'm never watching AEW ever again. This is my new wrestling home. What I've seen right here, that's it. This is all I need. Like, that that would be the fear, and I don't see that happening at all. So I I, I don't know. It's very weird, and I can't believe we're at this point. Uh, what we all knew. We all knew it was Rich Swan and Omega was going to be that point. We're here, and it just is kind of, I don't know. It's, it's here, you know? The pay-per-view is going to do well. 
I mean, the last pay-per-view with Omega did well, and he was in the six-man tag. You know, and it was like the second most or third most or whatever the statistic was, you know, since Spike, most purchased pay-per-view they've had. So this one title for title will undoubtedly do well. Uh, the big myth about Kenny Omega is that uh, he did not help impact ratings beyond his debut. You know, uh, Brandon Thurston got a hold of the quarter hours for impact for about a three-month period. And he looked at it, WrestleNomics Radio, and uh, on his Patreon, I did a deep dive analytical look at it on the Thursday TV reviews a few weeks ago. The crossover stuff that they've done, not just with Kenny Omega, but also with uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party and with Finn Juice from New Japan, have all been positives on the quarter hours where that stuff has appeared, in some cases, in massive ways. Uh, a couple of Kenny Omega's quarter hours popped huge. Finn Juice, when they wrestle, have had huge quarter hours when they wrestle. Some of their other segments didn't do, do that well. And that period where Impact's numbers, uh, their ratings numbers started to come back down to earth a little bit, Kenny Omega wasn't even on the show. He won about six weeks without ever being on Impact. And I think people unfairly, week after week, were attributing that to Kenny Omega. Dude wasn't even on the show. Well, it, it, it speaks to my point, too, that the AEW fans will check out Impact if Kenny Omega's there. But when they've gone there, they haven't decided, okay, well, now I'm going to watch Impact forever, no matter what. Like, yeah. that, that is not happening. And I don't think it's going to happen either. But, you know, if you're Impact, you got to at least say, well, we want as many eyeballs as possible. The, the goal with Impact is, at the end of the day, we, we don't want to take your fans, but we want to have fans that say, oh, I like AEW, but I also like Impact. So I'm going to watch both of them. Like, that, that is the, ultimately the goal. Whether they've achieved that, I don't know. Whether they're going to achieve that this weekend, I have no idea. Uh, early returns, not good though. Uh, on that, it's clear that the people will come for Kenny Omega. They'll come for the matches. They'll do you know any, any, stuff like that. But they're not. They're just not sticking around. They're not really. They haven't created quote unquote new impact fans. And and well, and to be honest, the shows have kind of sucked. So I don't. I don't blame them to be honest. So I mean, I, listen, impact's still up versus bef versus before when Kenny Omega showed up. I mean, I think people lose sight of that too. They're just not seeing these monstrous numbers. Kenny Omega didn't appear on the show between January 19th and uh, March 23rd at all. When Omega did appear on the show uh, between the period uh, in the first quarter of 2021, um, his segments in total added 30,000 viewers, which is a huge chunk when you consider Impact's only doing 150,000 or so viewer, total viewers a week, which was 28,000 over what those quarter hours normally draw. I mean, that's really getting in the weeds with it. Point is, Kenny Omega has been a proven draw on impact. Yet, if you look around, the narrative is that he isn't. I, and I don't know. People just aren't looking at the numbers. Uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy added 39,000 viewers to impact. Thin Juice, when they wrestle, added 33,000 uh, viewers to impact in total during their wrestling segments. So the crossover stuff works. So I think the pay-per-view is going to work. I think the pay-per-view is going to do very well. The question is, does Dynamite do anything to promote it this week? And you already spoke on that. And my feeling is, even if you want to say, okay, maybe from a storyline or perspective, it doesn't make sense for Dynamite to promote their pay-per-view. So what? There's still ways to do it. You can have Kenny Omega and Don Callis talk up the pay-per-view in one of their promos. You know, while Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross roll their eyes and complain. Right. Come watch us. Come watch me this Sunday. I'm going to win that paper. I'm going to win that title. And Tony, you know, Jim Ross can say, oh, who cares or whatever. And and Kenny goes, well, I care. You know, it, it, I'm winning that title. Yeah, there's ways to do it where it's kind of heat, but you at least still, you know, promote the damn thing. Or Rich Swan, you know, uh, you know, Impact has, has demanded that Rich Swan get a match on, on, on Dynamite. There's ways to do it. Then they've just. You can. You can do it where you're you're achieving both objectives. You're you're. 
you know, adhering there's, to the storyline. There's line. nothing to fear. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. No, it's, like, it's so silly. <laughs> they're yep. not going to steal your viewers. It, it's just weird to me. I don't think that's their fear. I just think – because I don't – I think they're smart enough to understand that. But it's like I just don't understand why they wouldn't want their fans watching Kenny Omega become a double – a triple champion. He's got the triple A title too. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to direct eyeballs to that. At that that I don't have an answer for. And maybe the right people will listen to this and and let us know why that's been the strategy. Or maybe they were waiting for this week. And maybe in two days, me and you are going to look like dopes because they're going to do a hard sell for the impact pay-per-view, or at least some kind of sell for the impact pay-per-view on this week's dynamite. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, that's the main event of Rebellion. It's Rich Swan and Kenny Omega for both, for all the gold, Rich. All, all of, of the gold. Yeah, real, real quickly, we'll go over the rest of the card. We're, we're, we have not uh, caught up on, on Impact, and I have not. But I, I'll, I'll always check out some of Rebellion, uh, at least the, <laughs> the main event for sure. Uh, I'll watch. I'll, I'll, I'll probably see how uh, how things go. But uh, yeah, this is obviously, it's on Sunday, by the way, we should say. Not on Saturday, on Sunday, uh, Rebellion. Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, the Impact uh, World Title versus AEW World Title, winner take all. Uh, Finn Juice uh, defending their Impact Tag Titles against the Good Brothers. Uh, Deanna Perazio versus Tennille Dashwood for the Knockouts Title. Okay, so, so real quick, that Finn Juice, um, you know, when they have been in the ring with the Good Brothers, it 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 has worked. I mean, on the uh, on the March second Impact, they had a uh, it was Finn Juice. And the Good Brothers versus Triple XL and Reno Scum, and that quarter hour uh, was a net positive of twenty thousand viewers for Impact versus the previous quarter hour. Um, when Finn Juice wrestled their very first match on Impact, they added thirteen thousand viewers to the show. So, um, no pun intended. I'm not doing a dopey play on words, but that's had some juice for them as well. The Finn Juice thing. The New Japan fans have clearly been interested in popping in when Finn Juice wrestles on impact and what's funny is when they've had non-wrestling segments they've lost viewers but they show up when they wrestle those are trends those are trends that you can identify and see that are obvious but anyway the finn juice good brothers match has been a well-built match and who has benefited from all this door stuff this uh forbidden door shit more than the good brothers these guys are amazing i mean you know uh, they end up in impact because, you know, there was uh, whatever bad blood there was from them choosing WWE over AEW initially. Now they're on Dynamite every week anyway. <laughs> right, I know. You know, it's just... <laughs> they always find a way, man. Position. Those guys yeah. always find a way. The, the paydays that those guys have gotten over the last decade. And, and really, I mean, like, you, you really get right down to it. And, and as far as them being the team, like, what is a memorable moment that those two dudes have been in? That has been benefited by the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to put that, you know, Carl Anderson's obviously really, really good and had some great G1s and all that sort of stuff. But ever since, you know, teaming with Gallows and, 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 and that team, like, what is that team done? Like, what is a moment, Joe, close your eyes. And what is the, the defining moment of the last decade of the Good Brothers? They don't have one. Yeah, it's them standing in the ring with other good people. <laughs> it's pretty much it's, all my moments you know what it is? are all it's, involved Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, or, you know. Yeah, just, being involved in other people's right. big angles. It's it's suntan biker man standing there in the background making little shoot comments right. while someone else. Well, I, when I, the, the vision when I close my eyes is is and I think ah the Good Brothers is everybody in the ring doing the you know too sweet in the middle of the ring like that's it that's yeah. all my vision yeah. is them also doing the too sweet with other people as well so that that that's essentially all I remember 
uh, about Gallows and Anderson and, and, and almost literally nothing about their WWE run. But they've had consistent, they've been consistently like a push commodity for the last decade at this point, and they've done nothing ever. Listen, listen. Good they, for they, them. That's wrestling, man. That's wrestling 101. I think they serve their purpose, though. It's like they're goons for the guys in their unit. Yeah, their absolutely. absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a place for that. But um, the Finn Juice match, you know, that again is a well built match. I didn't mean to step on Deanna Peraza versus Tennille Dashwood here, but I wanted to, uh, you know, make people aware who who might not be, you know, subscribers where I broke this stuff down a month ago. But, you know, Finn Juice uh, deserves some credit, too, for bringing eyeballs to impact. Uh, so, as I mentioned, Deanna Peraza versus Tennille Dashwood for the impact uh, knockout title. Uh, I don't, why can't we just have a singles match for the X division title? Why Ace Austin versus Josh Alexander versus TJP, uh, through a dance for the, uh, X division title. Again, like I always say with these, every combination of these as singles wrestlers is better than the tr- triple threat. Josh Alexander yeah. versus TJP rules. Ace Austin versus Josh Alexander sounds good. Ace Austin versus TJP. That sounds cool too. Ace Austin versus, you know, like there's yeah. every combination is better than the triple threat. It, it's but we got to. No, they want to. They want to. They want to get everyone on the pay per view. They want to leave guess. anybody out. It's just I don't. You know. The major brothers explode. Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers. I give them credit for like not doing it immediately. I guess. <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> is this not immediately? Like, <laughs> I don't know. They waited one pay per view. I was gonna say. They, all right. All right. I guess. Stuck yeah. them in there. But I uh, didn't immediately do a program with these guys. But there you go. Will, will wrestling figures be uh, uh, ringside? Will, will, is it like a, a lumberjack match with wrestling figures? Are they going to be, you know, power bombed onto wrestling figures? How are figures going to get involved in this match? There has to be a way. Well, they got right? their they got their real life fig fed now too. You see that they're promoting wrestling. Do they really? Yeah. Good for them. It's called Figures Wrestling Federation or something. <laughs> Hell yeah! There you go. I'm surprised you missed that. There's video. Uh, yeah, on no, I'm, I'm good. I, I probably just assumed it was some weird dorky like basement guy like, that was like doing literally, it. Like literally wrestling figures, you mean? This is real wrestling I'm talking about. Like oh, real I see. I thought you, okay, all right. All right. No, Slow no, down. no, no. I thought you said, Mac, I was going to say like, my God, like Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are doing like wrestling figure like <laughs> e-feds or something. Like so. you did when you were twelve. Like, yeah, right, right. Like, he's like, oh, here comes Ahmed Johnson. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. I'm like, I mean, I guess good for them, but God, those guys don't have anything better to do with their lives. And then, like, yeah, sit and then you in the argue, basement and film, like, film their fig fed, and you argue with, with your friend over who's going to go over in that match. Well, like, and no, everything. no, no. Like, I yeah. think mankind's going over Ahmed. Like, oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really just mashing them together because <laughs> you can't your, do anything. Yeah. Occasionally a body slam, occasionally a, a choke your, slam, in, but yeah, you can't really do much in your mind. They're doing the moves, but the reality is you're just mashing them together. I mean, that that's, you know, but in your mind, these guys are doing these intricate, you know, uh, arm drags and hurricane runners. Actually, uh, I have, some, I, I have some figures next to me. I, I wonder if we could book a, a decent show with these guys. You want me to, you want me to give you the, the, the figs I got here and you can try to book a show. Uh, what, what do you got? What right, you let's let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna write them down so you, you can see. So I'm just this is what I have to the right of me. I have a uh, Surfer Sting, like 1991 Surfer Sting. Okay, 1991 Sting. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Demolition Axe, <laughs> no smash, just Axe, just Axe. So that's gonna be tough. Okay. You gotta find something to do with Bill Eady, but not uh, you know, not right. Uh, but Demolition. Uh, the Undertaker, like 1994 Undertaker in the purple. Okay. Uh, Big Van Vader, like WCW classic right. Vader. 94-ish. Yeah, yeah, 94-ish. Yeah. Uh, Black Machismo, Jay Lethal. <laughs> <It's theirs. laughs> Just as eclectic. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. 
right. Uh, I got Abyss, uh, TNA Abyss, obviously. All right. Uh, I got John Cena. Why? Hold on. Why do you have these? This I don't know. Is a, my next them. question. Yeah, just, you know, collecting them over the is years. That, is that Demolition Axe the the uh, the the big rubber one where they never made Smash? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a no. Uh, you know actually it's pretty big. It's larger than my other figures, so maybe. It's the LJN or it's the uh, what is, one sec. Let's see. One second here. Or is it a Hasbro? What do we do? What do we... No, no, it's not rubbery. I wouldn't call it rubbery. Let's see. I wouldn't call Rich, it rubbery. Rich obviously not up on his uh, on his fig lore. No, uh, let's, because, see. Uh, let's see. Axe, the Axe LJN. Uh, this is a Jax Pacific. This is from 2003, so it is. It oh, is not it's a, like a, a like a Legends. Kind yeah. Of so I, I don't. I, I, there was like one time I went went and bought a pack of stuff, and it must have just come back. <laughs> see the final run of the LJNs, Rich. They made a Demolition Axe, but they didn't make a Smash. Oh man, they just wow. made Axe. Yeah, and you know they had made tag team packs. They had the Bulldog, Strike Force, Killer Bees, right? But for whatever reason, in that final run, they made Axe and they never oh, made Barry Smash. Barry Darso getting the raw end so, of the deal. There. Yeah, he, that would have been very lucrative. You yeah, think. especially in those days. Fuck. They they also made Warlord and didn't make Barbarian. So I think the oh man to make another series with the other half of the tag teams, but then they never made another series. So. Uh, that was the axe I thought you had. No, but, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, just a shitty repro- re- reproduction uh, axe is all I have. Uh, so you have 1998 Kane. See, in my fig fed, I would put axe and warlord together, and smash and barbarian were dead. They just they died in a. Oh yeah, that's a much better team than the one you've created there for sure. Warlord and axe. Yeah. Really, I prefer barbarian to warlord. I think um, as a worker, I like I like that. So as a, as in ring, yes, but I, God, I love the warlord's look. He was just uh, yeah, warlord, fucking yeah, massive. Was, right, <laughs> I love really that does. dude. Yeah, <laughs> just a fucking house. It's, it's absolutely. He looks so he, for he that era for fun. 1988. Like I, he just was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, my friend did. He took the killer bees, and he got uh, blue. White out because you used to be able to get white out in various colors, right? And he painted their tights blue and their boots, and he turned them into the fabulous Rougeau. Brothers. Oh wow! Thought, okay, he turned was, so so he turned B. Brian Blair and and and, and Jim into, in, into Raymond, <laughs> into and Raymond turned, and Jacques. Yeah, because he's got the he's got the mustache, right? Yeah, and then he yeah. turned Brunzel into into Jacques, which isn't a perfect fit, but when you paint the tights blue, not bad. Okay, and, I like it. And then what he did is he he got his mother to get him another set of killer bees. So oh, then and then he had, he had some kill- good, he had a good uh, house show feud there with, yeah, the bees versus right. the Rougeaus. So he had the yeah. killer bees and the Rougeaus. Good work rate. Good right. work rate in this man's fed. <laughs> his yeah, so fed. I go over his house and I was like, cause he had everybody, you know, he had one in Paris, just got him everything, you know? So, but he, and, and, and I thought that was, he, he got them to buy another set of killer bees and he had the fabulous Rougeau brothers and the killer bees, which was very creative. God, the yeah, blue whiteout would chip off, but he, he had backup of the blue whiteout too. It was the powder blue too, just like the Rougeau. That's you know, very was, inventive. Yeah. I, I love, I love the work rate on this. This guy's fed too. This is good stuff. Yeah, he really did a nice job on all that. That's why you went we, there because you probably you probably had twenty minute draws between the two and come back next week to you know see how they settle the score. Dude, I had like six figures. My parents were poor. I had nothing. I had I had like Bob Orton, and, <laughs> and, and they were awful too. I had like Bob Orton, and I had George Animal Steel. I had Corporal Kirshner. Who wants Corporal Kirshner? <laughs> you, Joe Lanza, Yeah, they probably got it for yeah. it was probably. A, 
10 cents in a fucking bin somewhere. They're here, Joe. <laughs> well, they didn't know that, they, like, they weren't, they didn't know, like, who was good. So they saw, like, the army guy and figured that he was colorful, I guess. So they got me Corporal Kirshner and all these. The Bob Orton sucked because it annoyed me because uh, he had, like, the, you know, his fringy cowboy vest? Yeah, of course. Yeah, wear. yeah, yeah. It was part of the figure. Like, you couldn't take the vest off. It was just part of the Oh, role. that hurts. That Yeah, then he's only a manager. He can only be a manager then. Exactly. That would always bother me. I didn't like So you're down to four guys. people. You're, you're down to a really slick. You're an NWA power level card here. Yeah, like Honky Tonk Man had the whole jumpsuit as part of his mold. I didn't want the whole blue jumpsuit. I wanted him in his gear. You know, that stuff would always bother me. Oh, yeah. All had- my guys are in their gear. I, I, I think that actually subconsciously bothers me as well. Because I always make yeah. sure guys are in their wrestling gear. They're, they're, I, I, I'm looking at my list. Yeah, n- none of these guys are in, in their, uh, you know, entrance attire, if you will. So. Yeah, so anyway, who else you got here? Because instantly I'm thinking that uh, Sting versus Warrior has to be the main event here. I don't have a Warrior. I don't have a Warrior, sir. You see, you had 94 Ultimate Warrior. No, I said 94. Okay, to recap, I have Sting, 1991 Sting, Demolition Axe, 1994 Undertaker, Big Van Vader, probably also 1994, Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, Abyss, John Cena, 1998 Kane, uh, there's only three more, Mr. Ass, Mr. Ass era, Billy Gunn, of the Gun Club, Billy of the Gun Club, uh, classic like '88 era Hogan, so like '88 Hulk Hogan, uh, CM Punk, and uh, Ahmed Johnson is my is my fed. So. These are all like Jacks figures. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Some some no are Hasbro's, no LJN. Nah, these aren't classic ones. I don't think, They're, dude. Have you ever seen how what the classic ones go for? They're stupid. Like I, there's yeah, like a, maybe you have maybe you have Lucy's. Yes, that's exactly what I have. Yeah, because there, there's yeah. there's a toy show that, that they runs like right across the street from me a bunch. And I'll go yeah. there and like, yeah, the stuff that's like actually worth money is, is dumb. And then there's a bin that's just filled with stuff. So that's, I'm sure that's how I got Demolition Axe and not Demolition or Smash or any of the other ones. So I was just like, you know what, Axe, this is fine. We'll just take this one. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought you said Undertaker, not Warrior. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not going to be a good one. I think Undertaker versus Abyss is a pretty unfortunate just to get them out of the way, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you'd have to do Sting versus uh, Hogan, right? You gotta do Sting versus Hogan or Sting versus John Cena. I mean, nineteen ninety one Surfer Sting versus John Cena's, you know, not bad either. But yeah, you want Hogan? You want ninety? You want Surfer Sting versus? Uh, oh yeah, that's true. It, it's it's like nineteen ninety Hogan versus nineteen ninety one Sting. I mean, that's a pretty good. Yeah, I think that uh, Babyface versus Babyface, though, so that's a problem. Someone would just do a bunch of fucking three ways or something. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of putting uh, Ahmed Johnson with CM Punk just to make CM Punk very upset. As Ahmed Johnson just continues to fuck stuff up. But then I also kind of want Indy Cena versus Ahmed Johnson. Sounds pretty cool, too. Like when he was doing Yoshitonics, that era, Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, Ahmed, you know, not the <laughs> slickest worker. Not the slickest he was, worker. Even in, even in my uh, in, in my uh, uh, bathtub uh, figure fed that I would do as a kid, like, Ahmed, he fucked things up even then, too. Because I knew, even as a kid, I knew that he fucked things up, but I loved it. Because he just works his fed. ass. You had these guys wrestling in the water. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Listen, you got creative. <laughs> Japan could have island matches. I could have bathtub matches, so. It's true. All right. I'm not going to continue booking this fed because this is a, it's a bad show, so. Black Machismo well, versus Demolition Axe. Do, you, know, you know how many times I had to do Bruno San Martino versus Corporal Kirshner in my fig fed when I was a kid? <laughs> Did you build a cage that uh, Bruno had to get out of the cage? Uh, I didn't have the cage. I had the ring, though. Okay. But I, I didn't have the cage. I had Big John Stud Hogan. Oh, That's about it. 
That was yeah. I'm yeah your you work rate like sucks. Yeah, you're, you're you're long headlocks, man. You you're like you know I did have Terry Funk. I did have Terry okay, Funk, but again, okay. he had the chaps that were part oh, of the fucking. Bo- so obviously, Funk and Orton were a tag team because they were both cowboys. You know what I mean? And they were always my tag champs. Hogan Stud was always the title program. I had nowhere else to turn. Yeah, yeah, you can't do. Yeah, I mean, maybe Corporal Kirshner on like a a sea show house show, but yeah. You know, Kirshner teamed with Junkyard Dog, and they would do jobs for Orton and Funk. <laughs> you know, and then I had uh, San Martino and George Steele, which I I can't do nothing with that. That was my entire collection. I just named them all. Yeah, it's awful. That's not good. That's now you see why I went to Kid's house who had his fucking homemade. Yeah. Oh, then you went to you got you got B. Brian Blair bouncing all over the ring, doing the drop kick, doing that sort of shit. Or Brunzel was the drop kick guy, right? Who, who had the Brunzel had a beautiful Brunzel drop had the, the good drop kick. Yes. Beautiful drop kick. Oh, by the way, yeah. a, a tease to a, a WrestleMania randomizer. By the way, saw there the beautiful go. drop kick in in person. A Brunzel. Not in person. I mean, not live. But I mean, you I weren't even it. born, brother. Yeah, no, I wasn't born. Yeah, I watched it on the WrestleMania randomizer, an upcoming episode of the randomizer. Uh, well, Killer features. Bees, Matt. They didn't have many WrestleMania matches. Uh, the Sheik and Volkov one, where Duggan runs in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, All right. I, I've mentioned that. to people it's not good, but we're gonna find something yeah. to talk about. So. Um... Yeah, Duggan joined a little late to get on the card, so they. Uh... But I'm sure you'll tell all the listeners. I'll all this tell all the page. listeners all about uh, yeah. the, the Jim yeah, Duggan yeah. era. Yes, uh, what's all going on with Jim Duggan? It's <laughs> just a classic, just classic like old school wrestling as well. So I talked about I did WrestleMania nine on, on the randomizer as well. You know where where Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan get disqualified, lose the match, and then just celebrate anyway because it's fucking dorks. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this match, Jim Duggan runs in, hits the guys with two by fours. Sends them yeah. out of the ring and then loses, and then the, the, the killer bees and Duggan are like, "Yeah, let's go!" And I'm like, "You lost, you lost the match, you assholes!" Like, Listen, don't give away all this premium content. That's all you right. Know, I'm just it. saying it's just so it's so, but it's so dorky because Jim Duggan gets on the microphone and goes, "This is America, the land of the free." So get out of here. It's just like yeah, you know, that's all they're classic with. Duggan, classic Duggan stuff. Uh, is this is the land of the free? So take your stupid Russian flag out of here, you motherfucker. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. That's all that free, matters. Except for you. Get the fuck out of here. Not picking up the Duke. They're just worried about, you know, <laughs> getting that commie out of here. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, It's a shame Killer Bees never got to have a banger at WrestleMania. I know. Yeah, I was, I was going through and looking at their history and thinking, all right, they had it. They never really got an opportunity. Like, they, they came they along did. way too early. Like, if they were just around a few years after or in NWA for a little bit longer, like, you, you can just see how many great matches they could have had. Unfortunately. They were, well. Well, Brunzel came from the AWA. He with uh, he, he teamed with Greg Gagne. The right, 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 right. And then uh, B. Brian Blair came from Florida. I think he he may have shown up before Brunzel because they they teamed him with some other people first. And what are we doing with the Killer B history? We got to go through this. <laughs> I have that already. Video. I have all the content already. So uh, yeah, yeah. Get, get ready for an upcoming episode of the WrestleMania Randomizer where I will go into. Uh, the Brian Blair uh, uh, run, uh, but yeah, let's let's go back to this impact thing here real quick. Uh, so Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers, who apparently have a fig fed, but not the fig fed that I was thinking of. Uh, Trey Miguel and S- versus Sammy Callahan, uh, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack versus Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, and Rhino. Excited about that one. No, <laughs> I can tell from your, really. mm-hmm, I can tell no. that you're not uh, <laughs> not salivating for that match. Yeah. Uh, and then Fire and Flava, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles versus Jordan Grace, and the very, very deadly to be decided. Yeah, who could it be? 
Probably someone who stinks. Let's or or some Sue Young derivative. It's either Sue Young derivative yeah. or somebody that stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Either Sue Young in the business suit, or Sue Young doing the childlike gimmick, or Sue Young, you know, doing the horror movie gimmick. So uh, I, I still think Sue Young should be suicide and team with genocide, but uh, I don't know. Can't get into fire and flavor anyway. No, but kind of stink <laughs> to be honest. But there you go. That's uh that's rebellion. So. Yep. Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega is the main event, though, so don't forget that. I think it's going to do well. I really I, do. Yeah, I think I'll be interested to see. I, I'm very I curious. Think it'll do better than the first show with Wade Omega because it's, you know. It's a big moment. Yeah, it's it's a pretty prominent match. I'm very, very curious what AEW does this week, though, to, to promote it if they do anything. And, uh, you know, Impact, I, I'd say that Impact hasn't done a good job promoting it, but I don't know that they've really gotten their muscle behind it as much as they probably should either. I mean, this is a big match. I mean, this is. A huge match. I mean, this is a gigantic match and a gigantic moment. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, I don't. It just it, it it should not have snuck up on people like it did. And it just really does feel like it. The VOW well, you know, meter, I mean, I'll say, is is not uh, not doing well for it. So well, Omega's not really announced for anything on Dynamite. So is there a chance that Swan shows up and they do like an angle or yeah? Something I mean, that'd be that? awesome. They no, should. I hope it's possible they do something in that direction for sure. Swan's not much of an angle guy, though. You know what I mean? Like that's. But they should. They they should definitely do something like that. We'll see what ends up happening. So, all right, Joe, we got plenty of other topics to get to. We are going to talk about the Champion Carnival in All Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to talk about MLW getting their TV deal finally, the much anticipated, the long anticipated uh, TV deal for MLW. We're going to talk about it. Actually, uh, worked out pretty well. Uh, AAW out of Chicago. We uh, have caught up on the uh, the recent AEW show, so we're going to talk about what's going on there. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin new biography uh, from the A and E Network uh, about Stone Cold, and also a few more coming up. Uh, in the next few weeks. Before we do that, though, we do want to let you know that this episode of the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by Keeps, our good friends at Keeps. It's been a while since we've talked about Keeps. And, and Joe, you know our identity is wrapped up in our hair from how it feels after getting a fresh cut, which I did earlier today, and I feel great, except for I don't get to go to the grocery store. I get to sit and talk to you for three hours instead. Uh, and that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing that first sign of hair loss, it starts to become panic time. But let's face it, no guy is ready to go bald. Thankfully, though, there is Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they are 35. And the best way to prevent that is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Um, Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. And you can find out. Why Keeps has more five-star reviews uh, than any other competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss uh, prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 per month. Uh, Plus, for a limited time only, you can get your first month for free, and that's where we'll talk about now, is that you can take the action and prevent hair loss now by going to Keeps.com slash VOW to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's absolutely free, first month of treatment. That's K-E-E. Eps.com, keeps.com slash VOW. Again, keeps.com, K E E P S.com, keeps.com slash VOW to get your first month of hair treatment for free. Make sure that you do not go bald and treat it before it gets out of control. So, all right. Joe, where, where do you want to start now? We got many, many different ways to go. You want to talk about MLW and the TV deal? ML Dub, little ML Dub. Yeah, let's talk ML Dub. So we uh, we, eat, we eat some crow, you punk. I know. I feel bad. I was okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about MLW is I we I joke about MLW a lot, 
And on the show, I do a lot. And on Twitter, I do a lot. And a lot of behind the scenes as well. Because MLW, and I will, I always preface it. I always preface, preface it by saying that Corp Bauer is the last true promoter left in wrestling. Because that dude gets every fucking wrestling website. It doesn't your 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 ringside news with the Z all the way to your reputable sites like your Fightfuls and your four one ones and your you know SC scoops and stuff. He gets all those people to basically copy and paste his press releases and have them as news, and that is incredible because we get the press releases. I see them come into our email and I go, all right, cool, whatever. Fatu's going to appear on LWTV and and make a challenge. Okay, whatever. It sounds good. And then I pop over to Twitter and it's you know. Insert wrestling website, Fatu to appear on LW. It's like you don't have to publish the press release as a news story, but they do. And court gets it to happen, and I appreciate it. The problem with that, though, too, is they also report on every little MLW tweet that says, oh, MLW negotiating major TV deal. And then it's like a, an emoji with, you know, the, 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 you know, the thinking emoji. And people are wondering, oh, MLW ready to announce major TV deal. And I always laugh because a lot of times it's like the major TV deal is like something in Bangladesh. Oh, we're now on this, you know. Streaming service in Bangladesh. Here we go. Uh, and then when this one sort of got announced or teased a few months ago, I was thinking, oh, here we go again. It's going to be MLW on, you know, some stupid streaming platform that nobody cares about. And uh, yeah, Ali Crow, I was wrong. This is a good ass deal. MLW is going to f- uh, Vice TV starting this spring. Uh, the details where we don't know all of the details, the intricate details yet of exactly what's going to happen. But as far as we know, I mean, MLW on Vice. I'll say it right now. I think that's a tremendous deal for them. I think it blows away the fucking Pluto or the goddamn uh, Roku deal or whatever. New Japan. Uh, did I keep saying Pluto? Because I think that would be better for New Japan if they're on Pluto, but instead they're on the Roku channel. Uh, but uh, no, the MLW I'm deal. Told for- those, I'm told that those Pluto deals are very, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that impact and AAA get a decent chunk of money from those Pluto deals just to run their shit around the clock on those Pluto channels. So yeah, that probably would have been a better uh, landing spot for new Japan. Although I obviously just talking off of what we've been told anecdotally, you know, I have no idea what new Japan is getting money wise from Roku, but uh, it'd probably be more high profile for them to be on Pluto for sure. I mean, I know you're joking, but the new Japan Roku thing gets no buzz whatsoever. Zero, zero. zero. It, like I, I even, I even fucked up a tweet and it took like, you know, an hour before somebody said, uh, it's not Pluto. It's actually Roku. And I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. It's on Roku. Like, and, and I, you know, you, most people listening to this probably don't remember that they signed a deal with Roku an American TV deal with Roku because, you know, that announced it in January. They announced it at this big thing during wrestle kingdom. And, and, yeah, how many of you just now remembered? Oh yeah, they decided to deal with Roku. Who cares? It doesn't. It's completely irrelevant in, in the grand scheme of things. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. And they I've can, never even bothered to check it out. Oh, no, I don't even know if it's. Is it going now? I don't even know. Is it? Has it started? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, oh, it started. Yeah. Okay, well there you go. Months and months ago. Yeah. Well, what's on it? <laughs> it's. I think it's just old matches. Oh, like. cool. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, Buzzleweeder, not good in, for I, that. I'll tell you that. I hear it's in tremendous, like, full HD and a much better picture than World. That's the one thing I heard about it. Okay, well. But. I'm probably not going to check it out, to be honest with you. So that's, uh, there we go. But uh, MLW on Vice, that's a, that's a damn good deal. I like that deal a lot. Uh, the big reason why I like it is, is obviously, and, and we talked about this months and months and months ago. I think last year 
uh, during the uh, yeah, it was during the Owen Hart when when the Dark Side of the Ring, the last episode was going to air the, uh, the the season finale with uh, with Owen Hart. We talked about how how good the ratings are for Dark Side of the Ring. I don't think a lot of people realize that those ratings are pretty goddamn good. I mean, they're they're good on a level of like obviously they're they're not meeting you know what you're going to get on your, your your Mondays or your Wednesdays or whatever your Fridays or whatever. But for just like having for for at least an independent or for you know an off brand you know wrestling show. They're damn good ratings that Dark Side of the Ring gets, and and if MLW can get any bit of that, you know that that any bit of that publicity, whether they're before or after Dark Side of the Ring, I mean that that's that's not bad. I mean that is pretty damn good. I mean hell, the, the Dark Side of the Ring Confidential, just to get you an idea, and the Confidential is like they re-recorded a few different interviews, and it's essentially just a replay with a little bit different. So they had the uh, the Montreal Screwjob was was the one I think it was last week. I uh, had eighty one total uh, eighty one thousand total viewers and a point oh two rating in the eighteen forty nine demo, which again that doesn't sound great. Because it's like, all right, whatever. But these are reruns. These are episodes that people have seen before. The season finale of Dark Side of the Ring that we talked about last year, right around this time last year, May 19th, uh, 2020, that averaged 390,000 live plus three viewers in the 18 to 49 demo. 390,000 people in that 18 to 49 demo. Uh, and that is the, the highest rated show in Vice history was that season finale of Dark Side of the Ring. Total viewers of 626,000 as well. So that is nothing to scoff at. The first run Dark Side of the Rings do very, very well. Those are like dynamite numbers when they were head-to-head with NXT right. a few weeks ago. Those right, are, right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like the confidential ones, That's I mean, 81,000 is what... But still, if you can get, you know, if MLW is on after Dark Side of the Ring confidential and those are the reruns or whatever, and they get half of that that's that's still not a bad audience 40,000 people for your, your your indie show is not bad but then if they are after actual first run dark side of the rings i mean that's a whole different animal there that's you know and and will they all do what the season finale of own heart did probably not but hell if you get half of that if you have 300,000 people that 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 then get to watch a few minutes of MLW and are interested then you're good to go i mean that that a tremendous deal for the a, early... with a built-in pay-per-view or a built-in wrestling audience i should say oh yeah yeah the early word is they're going to be the lead in not on okay, afterwards. Okay, okay. Lead in, lead in. Okay. But who knows how that'll shake out. Um, I'm trying to see what time. Okay. Dark Side of the Ring aired at 9 p.m. And are they, I think they're, how long are they? Are they, they're longer than an hour, aren't I they? I thought they were only an hour, they're though. An I, hour, think, right? I, think, okay. I think the Owen Hart one may have been a little bit longer, but I think they're usually an hour. So either way, they're running till 10, and now you're out of prime time. So if they're going to keep it at 9, it would make more sense to put MLW on at eight and have a wrestling block. Now that's not as good for MLW because like you're saying, you'd rather be on afterwards and hope people just leave it on rather than now, if people are coming from dark side, they're just going to skip MLW and show up for dark side, but it, it does help to be in a block. So either way that they do it, you know, it's like, would you rather be in prime time and be the lead in or would you rather be out of prime time and try to hold the enormous audience that's going to be fed to you. So there's two different ways of looking at that. Um, we don't know if they're getting any money out of this deal. I haven't seen any money figures reported or anything like that. We do know it's not exclusive. They're going to remain on BN. Uh, they're still going to have their YouTube presence. We are told that it will then air on delay on YouTube. I'm sure that was part of the deal with Vice. Vice probably like, now, nah, hey, listen, if we're going to do this deal, you can't be running it concurrently with YouTube. So the YouTube will be on a couple day delay and you know, they, they still have their deal with uh DAZN, and they're still looking for other deals. The thing about MLW is they haven't really, I don't know if it's because they're not seeking them because the spin is always strong as you talked about earlier, but there's never exclusivity in any of these deals. They, they never have anything. Now, I don't know if that's by design 
uh, you would think that you can get a better deal from places by giving them exclusive content uh, because the show on Vice is going to be Fusion. The show on YouTube is going to be Fusion. I've heard chatter that they may do different content for some of the other outlets, whether it's BN or whoever else, but we haven't been able to get that confirmed. But you would think you'd be able to get a better deal if you were to give someone Fusion exclusively. That's not the strategy they've employed, or they just can't get that, or whatever the reason may be. But they're still looking for other outlets as well. They want to spread this thing out and get their product and get Fusion on as many outlets as possible in front of as many eyeballs as possible. That seems to be the strategy here. Yeah, and and, and I don't hate it. I, I really don't. And that's, you know, like you said, there's probably more money to be made if you say, okay, well, uh, uh, BN is our exclusive home. And and yeah, BN might pay you a little bit more, but like we always said, then that really limits the growth of MLW in terms of other aspects of their business, selling tickets, selling, you Here's know. Here's the thing, yeah. though. Here's the thing. I don't think any of these people are paying them. Dynamite couldn't even get a pay. Their first deal was an ad split. Right. So I don't think they're getting money from any of these outlets. If they are, that is like a tremendous job out of them. If they're getting paid deals from any of these outlets. So you think that these are just ad splits or, or something along those something lines. Something like that. I don't think they're paying for the TV time, but I think it's probably it's it's probably not paying for time, but it's probably either an ad split or or some sort of very small, if anything, flat fee, but I, I'd imagine ad splits is probably it. And hey, if you get the good ratings, okay, we'll talk in a year. You know, here's a one year uh, trial run or whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know the TV, you know, lingo for it or whatever. But yeah, you have one year to. We'll look at the ratings. We'll look at how things go. We'll look at the ads and we'll and we'll and we'll revisit it in a year. And if it's good, then maybe we will sign you to an exclusive. And that, and that's probably why, again, like you're saying, why they probably are not exclusive is because BN isn't saying, oh, here's eight million dollars. We want MLW or whatever, because they would sign that tomorrow if if that was the case. Or you know, one of these one of these TV networks would say, no, 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 we want you to be exclusive. Uh, and the fact that they're still able to upload on YouTube, they're still able to upload on the other places. Yeah, that, that leads me to believe that there, there's yeah, there's probably not a straight big dollar figure being laid down here. But I, I mean, I don't hate it. If I'm MLW, I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that deal for sure, because I just want to grow this brand. I just want to make sure that more people watch it, more people buy tickets, more people do stuff. And if that means, you know, watching it on, on Vice and then going and buying tickets when, the, when live shows begin or, or watching it on YouTube and watching the ads or whatever. I think you're fine with that. So to me, that that is a. I'll take this strategy over what NWA is doing. I will I will get my stuff on a thousand different networks uh, for free versus you know paywalling for 25, 25 people. You, you know like NWA is doing. So I prefer this if, if I'm running a wrestling company for sure. It's yeah. also not my money, so it's a lot easier to say when it's not my money going into it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we were flat out told that. You know, there's one larger network entity keeping an eye on it and having them wanting them to prove themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, then they go from there. Um, and, and, and Vice is about a 30,000, uh, 30 million um, uh, total home upgrade from BN. So there's that too. So you're not only in that great block with Dark Side, you're also on a network that has, that's in about 30 million more homes than BN. And you're not even, you know, and you're still on both of the outlets anyway. So, look, even if they're not getting a penny, you know, this is uh, without question a, uh, a a huge uptick in their potential exposure. I mean, just being linked to Dark Side. And look, this is, you know, New Japan was in talks with Vice for this same exact spot mm-hmm. and didn't get it for whatever reason. 
we talked about at the time that that and I remember us having this discussion that I would have absolutely wanted to go with Vice over over anything else. And and well, and, I think in New Japan's case, they just they're looking for a money deal, and maybe they weren't getting one. They want now the cash, yeah. They, they want cash on yeah. hand for sure, probably. Yeah, I, I get it. But to me, Vice is, is if I'm trying to grow my audience, I think Vice is a, a great spot right now. They they have a built in wrestling audience, people that obviously are interested in wrestling content. Now, are they interested in in in, in modern wrestling content, or are they just popping in because it's the guys of the '80s and the guys of the '90s that they grew up with? I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I think we'll we'll find out pretty clearly with MLW, but. I look at networks that have sort of an audience of wrestling fans that already check stuff out and watch stuff. There's not many of those out there. I mean, they're, they're very, very few and far between. So to me, I, I like that a little bit more. And, you know, I don't hunt. You, you know, the, the, the goal with a lot of these networks is we're going to turn non-wrestling fans into wrestling fans. And, and, I, and that's a good strategy to have. But the barrier of entry is so large, especially these days to get people to start watching wrestling. So, so the idea, like, that's yeah, the WWE and Peacock. That's what they're hoping to do is that someone's going to watch the King of Queens and then go, ah, yeah, World Wrestling Entertainment. Let's see what this is and, and start watching. And, and that's what all these networks are. I mean, the, 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 the deal with Roku is to hope that people that are just going and watching whatever the fuck on Roku are going to pop on over to New Japan Pro Wrestling and start becoming fans or whatever. So it's it's building those new fans, which I think is good, but I, I, I do think the strategy that MLW and the strategy I would take is linking up with Vice, who already has a network where there are wrestling fans that might not be watching my show, that might not be watching MLW, might not be watching at New Japan. Try to get them involved and try to get them watching a little bit more, and 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 hope we kind of grow uh, that way, uh, as opposed to just creating brand new fans, which is 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 pretty tough to do with wrestling these days. I know there's a little bit of confusion. They're starting off with old footage to introduce the audience to the product and the wrestlers, but Fusion is going to air on Vice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what's going to Vice. It's MLW Fusion. Um, I don't even agree. I don't agree with that. I never ever agree with or support or believe in like talking down to the audience. Just put your fucking show on. People aren't stupid. It's pro wrestling. They'll know who everybody is in a month. I mean, I don't believe in this. Oh, we have to introduce everybody to, to who Jacob Fatu is. No, you don't put on an episode of your show. Put him in a main event and beat somebody. That's all you need to do to look. If you want to inject some, you know, some more personality profiles into Fusion. I'm all for that. Okay, if you want to do more of that. But this idea that you have to introduce the new audience to who you are and wh- who your people are, I, I, I've never bought into that. No, I think it's that's stupid. nonsense. Yeah, it, it, it's dumb. It's, it, it doesn't exist in any other form no. except for people assume that wrestling fans need that or, or that people that just jump into wrestling need that. But, yeah, it, it never happens. We, we, we laugh about it all the time. You don't, you don't turn on an NBA game and they go, that's Steph Curry. He uh, went to college at Davidson. <laughs> His father is Del Curry. Like, they don't do that. It's just hey, Steph Curry. He's draining threes. You interested in this? Cool. You'll find out about him. <laughs> Watch the people next game. People catch up fast. Yeah, you'll people find out. Oh, yeah, this guy, he just dropped 50 points and he hit a bunch of fucking three-pointers. You'll figure out about him pretty quickly. Yep. So. You know, they'll know who the people are eventually. It's it's Again, I'm not against, you know, like on Fusion, currently, you're not doing personality. If you want to do personality profiles on guys, a little 30-second, 45-second. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Seconds, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You do that, but you you bake it into your show. You don't specifically say, okay, we're going to take a month to show old Matt, because I think that's going to lose people. Well, I was going to say like, that what you have is then your your fans that actually do watch you are going to say, well, fuck this shit. Watch that yeah, shit. why am I going to yeah. watch this shit? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, but I get it. So they'll do that for a few weeks. And if you, you know, you can keep watching Fusion on YouTube until, you know, eventually Fusion moves over to Vice. I guess maybe they want to time it up with the new season and all that. I get that too. Um, but I just, I've never believed that that kind of thing is necessary. I don't understand this thing where 
everyone thinks you have to hold wrestling fans hand or they can't understand things. I, I just, it infuriates me. Yeah, maybe, it's very maybe similar let's to not do that. Let's maybe like, let's yeah. maybe not do what we've done for the last 20 years, which has resulted in wrestling being the least popular it's ever been ever. Let's maybe not do that. Let's maybe do something different. I, I don't know. Wild idea. Yeah. I have that. Maybe let's do something instead of what we've been doing the last 20 years. We're, Less and less people give viewers credit. I mean, give viewers credit. You see it all the time with 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 television shows where, um, like, you know, look at the history of TV and different one hour dramas or or even sitcoms, and you'll see patterns where like a show grows over a number of seasons, where it hits like peak popularity in like season three or four, and then dwindles down from there until it's canceled. That means at some point someone jumped in in the middle. And they liked it, and they weren't fucking confused, and they caught up, and and that was that. I mean, this idea that you have to constantly reintroduce people to things. Well, especially now more than ever, it's it's never been easier. Like I, I almost get it in like 1994. If you popped on an episode of Frasier, and it's you yeah. know it's season four, you're like, what the fuck? Is, I don't know anything going on. Well, people didn't even do it then. Though. Well, I was they, gonna say, and it's too fucking bad because you're not gonna find the other episodes because we're not, right, you know. Right. Whereas now it's like, hey, if I'm interested in The Walking Dead, let's say I just randomly decided this past this next Sunday or whatever, I was gonna start watching The Walking Dead. Oh, there's 11 seasons of this shit or whatever the hell many seasons of The Walking Dead there are. Ah, fuck. Well, you know what? I could just go sit down and watch all that if I really need to. Yeah. Like, you can catch yeah. up. Now more than ever, I would not have people. I would not say, well, this is Rick. And Rick is – I don't even know if Rick's – I have no idea. I haven't watched The Walking Dead in a long time. But, like, you don't need to do that because now more than ever, people can go back and rewatch that stuff. Or, I don't know, they have a thing in their phone – in their fucking pocket that is all the world's information at their fingertips. Like, they can figure this stuff out. Yeah, so now even less than ever. Yeah, you, you don't need – you definitely don't need to do it. You could say Alex Hammerstone. Here's Alex Hammerstone. He fucking rules – and now he's going to beat someone's ass if you want to, you know, and if you're interested, hey, wow, this guy's interesting. You can find out about Alex Hammerstone in, in a few minutes. Like, it's not well, hard. It's like, okay, if you dropped into Frasier in the middle of season three, how long is it going to take you to figure out that his father is blue collar and there's <laughs> right. black? Ah, does this man and, host a radio show or what? This is very and, hard for me to understand. <laughs> or, or that Niles wants to fuck the girl. Right. Or that you, you know this stuff. You watch one episode. <laughs> you, if you watch MLW, it's not going to take you long to figure out that Hammerstone is fucking Superman. Jordan Oliver stinks. And, uh, and, and Jacob Fatu and Contra are terrorizing the company. It's going to take you exactly as many episodes as it's going to take you to catch up with Frazier <laughs> as Niles. it is with MLW. Yeah, Niles. yeah, Niles wants to fuck the girl. Yeah, he does. You know, yeah. well, hey, you know what? You know that you watch one episode, you're caught up. You don't need to know anything about any of these people. You know, MLW wrestling, okay, it's not high art, okay? <laughs> people will get it. People are going to get it. It's, it's not that hard to understand, Okay. So, yeah, I've never believed in that nonsense, but uh, good for them. I do think it's a good spot to be on. And uh, for once, all court uh, delivered to the level of his uh, yeah. to his teases here. I, so. I, I will admit I'll eat, eat crow, as the kids say, or not the kids. I guess the, <laughs> the very old man would say uh, yes. I'll eat crow on that and, and admit I was wrong and, and apologize. So the next time he runs an angle where someone gets their eyes stabbed i will i will <laughs> i will assume that it is a real thing that that was the best one remember that one uh what, i forget who it was uh oh Cota brazil wasn't it Cota brazil yeah he they pried his eye out or something <laughs> the, the news sites ran with it as an actual story yeah <laughs> independent wrestler Cota brazil gets his eye ripped out in a club <laughs> yeah and and i always preface it by saying that, that i love it because they are still the the the, the best promoters that's their job is to fucking get you to pay attention and listen to their product and, and, and follow storylines and do that sort of stuff. So I, I, I like it. I appreciate it. But it's just 
Like you don't have to publish yeah. everything as a news story. That's... And Dragon Gate's coming. They're doing the work. Yeah, so, right, well, you Dragon know Gate's coming. I hope. Sounds like they're doing the work, and it that sounds, sounds like great. Hey, I'm in. Man. So, you know, we, you know, it sounds like they're doing, uh, you know, doing their homework, and 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 they got a they got a plan with the Dragon Gate. Well, stuff, they, they so. only got a few more a uh, few more months for Yoshino, so get uh, get Masato Yoshino over there. Here, if you're working on that. Eh, so. You know, I don't know if he's gonna burn the rest of his bump card on uh, <laughs> MLW <laughs> on Mads Kruger, but you know, he's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Get I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, that. I wouldn't hate it. You know. I talk to. I gotta talk. Well, we're gonna talk about AEW in a little bit. I'll have to talk to Dr. Keats so we can get uh, see what the flight rate is for Masato Yoshino to get to the Galley Arena. I'll pay it. I don't think I've ever seen him live. I have seen him live at DGUSA. I saw him live. Did you? Yeah. Um, who did he face? Let me find out who he faced. Oh, maybe up. I did see him live. Now I gotta look. I gotta say, too. you've probably uh, seen him somewhere. I went to. Um, I didn't go to a ton of Dragon Gate USA shows though, because I was already in Texas by then. But I did go to one or two. I think I may have seen him live. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, pull this up. Oh fuck! I saw some great matches with Yoshino. Jesus Christ! Did USA ruled so much? Here's the three matches that I saw of uh, Masato Yoshino live. I saw World One Masato Yoshino and Rookie Doi versus Shingo and Yamato versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> Fucking insane! Wow. At DGSA Fearless. Yeah. Uh, then I saw Shima and Ricochet versus Yoshino and Doi. That match fucking ruled. That that's when I was like, this guy rules. This guy's incredible. Imagine that Shima and Ricochet versus Yoshino and Doi in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, I watched him in 2011 as well when DGSA was starting to kind of lose its way a little bit. Uh, Chuck Taylor, Masato Yoshino, Naroki Doi, and Sammy Callahan. <laughs> so that's when you know it's yeah things started to fall and go in a direction that I wasn't as much into. I you was more into of, uh, Warriors International versus World One, less so Chuck Taylor, Sammy Callahan versus Doichino in a four way. Less so Duff. You weren't yes. into the yeah. Duff. I wasn't as much into Duff versus uh, 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 World One, but uh, yeah, much more into the Young Bucks, Shingo, <laughs> Yamato, and and uh, Yoshino and Doi. That that I enjoyed much more than the other stuff. So they were known as the dumb, ugly fucks. Rich Duff. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were the OGs in hating Sammy Callahan, by the way. I just want to, for the record. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We would get shit back in the early, early days of the flagship for thinking he was a fucking turd. So just just for the record. Yeah. Just want to point that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen, I mean, I feel like I've seen him. I'm looking stuff up. I'm trying to wonder if you, if you would have done any ROH jersey shots. I don't think I so. Looked, I looked it up. He did not. Yeah. So the only, the um, only DGUSA shows he did in Jersey were 2010 and 2011, and you were very much already in Texas. Oh, yeah. At that point. And then I'm looking up Texas for him, and I don't, unless you were at TNA Victory Road 20, uh, 2008, I don't think you saw him, so. No, I, I'm trying to. I can't remember what Dragon. I know I went to a Dragon Gate USA show, and I don't think it was the historic. Well, you had to have seen him at a Mania weekend, right? I don't think so. I, hmm. I I think he slipped through the cracks for me. I don't think I've ever seen him. Because yeah, you went um, to the New Orleans one. You went to. Um, he wasn't at the New Orleans ones. I don't think he was at any of the New York, New Jersey ones. That's what I mean. Yeah, shit. And wow, fuck. Year, <laughs> Damn. And the one year Dragon Gate canceled sending people, and I don't even know if he was going to come anyway. Um, he was definitely not on that list. No, that, that was a bad. So, the, the list of people that were supposed to come was not a very good list. If you listen to uh, listen to Open the Voice Gate on that very episode. Uh, 
Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. The uh, the list was not 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 great at that point. That was the the relationship was pretty much over. And yeah, Masato Yoshino, I don't think was on that list. Didn't they do a Dragon Gate USA came back? No, that was uh, yeah. I don't know. Nobody cares though. So um, I'll way. try to figure yeah. it out myself. Boring everybody to tears trying to figure out if I've ever seen Masato Yoshino <laughs> yeah, right. wrestle live. People care but, uh, if, if Joe Lanza ever saw yeah. uh, Masato Yoshino. But hey, anyway, good for uh, good for MLW and uh, good for good for wrestling. More wrestling that uh, we can watch on TV. And, and uh, I don't love everything I watch from MLW, but there's enough that I do like that that I always I try to keep an eye on. I, th- I think they have a decent. They get a little too wonky at times. But there's enough. There's talent there that I like, and I like the approach to wrestling that they have. But there's just a lot of stuff that they're close. They're right there. You know what I mean? There's times where I'm like, yeah, let's go, and then they do something, and it's just like, ah. And especially if they lean further in the lucha underground thing, then uh, that's when I'll have to back away a little bit more. But we'll see. Did John Moxley do an angle on the open the historic gate show? We, what we need here is Iron Mike Spears or yeah. Case Low. I went whatever Dragon Gate USA show I went to. Moxley did like an angle and a promo, but I think that was the November show. That was it. It was f- the Freedom Gate show. I came home for Thanksgiving. I figured it out because Moxley wrestled a dark match against B Boy, according to this. And Yoshino did wrestle on that show. He wrestled. Uh, yo, what was, it, what was the name of the show? Was it one of the Freedom uh, fights or Open the Freedom Gate, which was November of two thousand nine which I was home for Thanksgiving. That was in Philly. And that's oh, where you know, Philly. Okay. Okay. Moxley was on that show. And I think that's where that, that would be where I would have seen Yoshino. Cause he wrestled, uh, Dragon with Kid. Doi, or Dragon with Kid? Doi, tag match with Doi against Dragon. Oh, Kid okay. Okay. Oh, free. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Freedom gate. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was at that show. Anyway. There you go. I'm glad we solved that mystery for everyone. Yeah, thank God everybody knows. You also saw yeah. Yamato and Davey Richards. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't I don't remember. I obviously don't remember much because I couldn't even remember whether I was there or not, but you also unfortunately saw BB Hulk versus Brian Kendrick, which I'm sure fucking stunk. <laughs> that was in the peak Brian Kendrick doing Oh yeah. Did you know what? I was one million percent at this show because now it's all coming back to me. He was doing like the mirror gimmick. Yes. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Oh my god! Did you see the, the dark match? Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. You saw a takeover yeah. main event in the dark match. Yeah. Six minutes Grant and twenty Akuma, seconds. <laughs> Grant Akuma main event for way too. I wonder if this is the show where he pissed off the entire Dragon Gate locker room. It's enough years where he might not be bitter yeah, about see. it. Right? Oh, I don't know. He's not in the chat room today, unfortunately. But... Yeah. Thank. Thank you. I. I. I was very thirsty. Uh, thank you so much. This is my wow! Look at that shit-eating grin. Oh, I shouldn't curse in front of the boy, huh? I'm on the air. I'm in. I'm in on-air mode. Uh, look at that duty eating grin. All right. Well. Oh, you cooked dinner tonight, huh? What'd you make for me? What'd you do different? Potatoes, huh? I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Nolan, put your hands over your ears. Put your hands over your ears like this. Listen, with that soup, let those flavors fuck for a while. It's going to taste good because I won't be down there for like two more hours. So, yeah, let's simmer. Make sure it simmers. Okay. Take your hands off your ears. Because I said a bad word. You can't hear that. You'll be repeating it all over the place. 
People think we're white trash. Can't have that. All right. Hit the bricks. Thank you. I'm sweating like a pig in here. It's not going to help you now, this room is. All right. Every house has the room. This is the room. All right. Okay. I got my uh, no Coke Z this week, Rich. Uh-oh. What'd you get? I got a, a Snapple Kiwi Strawberry. Ooh, Snapple. I haven't had a Snapple in decades. I've been drinking the Snapple Kiwi Strawberry since uh, a lot of years. Let's just put Kiwi it that way. Kiwi Strawberry. Okay. Comes in, a, comes in a plastic container now. They don't do the yeah, plastic. Yeah, there's a billboard. I drive by this billboard that says now in a new... And that, I feel like that takes a lot of the fun out of Snapple away, but... Whatever, I guess it, it tastes a little different in the plastic. I was gonna say it's it can't taste the same. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of kind of annoyed about the plastic. Yeah, I haven't had a Snapple in two decades, but I was still annoyed about it. You know, yeah, like yeah. people that people that don't eat syrup that were very upset about the anchovy thing. It's like mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's like, well, do you even eat syrup? No, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, do you even buy anchovy products? <laughs> I had a friend that was like, "This is fucking ridiculous," right? And I'm like. I haven't had syrup in like 30 years. I don't like syrup at all, so I don't really yeah. care. They could have anything on it. I don't care. I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm a log cabin man. I don't give a shit. Okay? <laughs> right. I, I don't I, care. The Aldi brand doesn't have any figu- any any uh, culturally appropriate figures on it, so I don't really give a shit. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's... And by the way, they're coming for Uncle Ben, so buckle in, pal. You know? So just, who cares? Um, no, but it does taste a little different coming out of the plastic than out of the glass. It's kind of like you drink a Coke out of the glass or the can or the bottle. So, now, so you believe that theory as well, because I, I have people that I will tell that to, and they, they don't, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur of Mountain Dews. And I will yeah. say a 20-ounce Mountain Dew does not taste as good as a canned Mountain Dew. Canned Mountain Dew is the, the perfect way to drink a Mountain Dew. It's, it's, for some reason, it's better all the time. Tap Mountain Dew at like a fountain, eh, it's all right. 20 ounces is a little bit better, but the can just hits differently. But that's not always the same. Some stuff... Like, I think I, I like Dr. Pepper in the 20 ounce. To me, Dr. Pepper in the 20 ounce tastes a little bit better. Anyone who tells you they don't taste different between plastic, it does, can, yeah, it just hits different, uh, fountain, they all taste different. They all taste different. There's a slight. Now, listen, it's not going to make this Snapple Kiwi strawberry taste like fucking, I don't know, pomegranate or something, but it's, it's the same drink, but there is a subtle difference. Yeah. There's without question a, a subtle difference. This is very refreshing. I got to tell you, you got to get away from the, from the carbonation sometimes, you know, like I, I, I'm, I do have a Coke Z problem. There's no question, but <laughs> you have to make sure you mix other shit in. Like you got to get your water. You got to get your water. I, say, I drink water. <laughs> Does that count? As- you got to get your water. You got to get your water in. Okay. And every now and then I like to mix in a fucking sugary just I, I was gonna say juice, but we all know this is all sugar. Let me look at There's this. There's nothing even remotely close to juice, yeah. Maybe maybe no. this is uh Yeah, the number two here's the ingredients. Water, sugar is number two. <laughs> yeah, number two sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you all you need to know. But uh, you know, it does it doesn't oh here you go. Five percent juice. You know, not bad. I, that's better than two. You know, a lot of places are still <laughs> from a blend of kiwi and strawberry. Yeah, only 190 <laughs> calories. Only 190 that's calories. Like four droplets. So there's a little vial that has like droplets. And they go deep, 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 and that's it. That's the juice that you get. In here. Yeah, it's chemically produced kiwi and strawberry yeah, flavor. Yeah. Is what it is. Yep. But you know, you just can't. It can't be all carbonation no and all and water's boring after a while and water's so pretty gotta, boring yeah I, I like to mix in the uh i have a few of those mix in things that I'll, I'll put in there so well crystal lights and stuff like that i, I enjoy every so often so 
Yeah. I believe we have another ad, Rich. We do have another ad. Yes. Joe, it is April, and that means winning season is still going on at MyBookie, mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES. You can sign up now to secure your deposit bonus up to $1,000. Again, it's promo code VOICES at mybookie.com slash AG. They have everything you want to bet on. NBA. NHL, I got an NBA playoffs coming up pretty soon. NHL playoffs getting ready pretty soon. Baseball, you want to bet on the baseball. The Jake Paul fight we talked about. That would have not well, hmm. You you gave me the scenario where you could have won like 20 cents on it or whatever. Uh we were kind of thinking about the Ben Askren deal. I didn't do that, and I'm glad I didn't because he got his ass kicked. Uh, but you can bet on that too. You can bet on, on, on Jake Paul stuff, you can bet on things that I'm not sure are actually really fights. <laughs> like the thriller thing was this weekend. I don't know what that really was. But you can bet on that. You can bet on presidential shit, you can bet on celebrity stuff, you can bet on anything at mybookie.ag. Uh, promo code VOICES, security deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, again, they have also live in-game betting, plenty of different things as well. Thousands of lines and odds to turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOICES. So. Yeah, they're taking away. It's, it, you know, award season is coming up. They take action on all The Razzies, stuff. yeah, you could bet on bad movie awards you can bet everything there it's uh my bookie we looking at that i i, I always like to ch- check in i don't i don't bet on it all the time but i do always look at the the special wagers and the current events yeah. like it, it feels a little weird to, <laughs> to to bet on some of the things i was kind of looking the other day to see if they had lines on like the you know the 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 trial and i was like i really hope they don't but somewhere oh they did <laughs> i think they did right so somebody would probably take money on, bet on anything yes. um it's like so gross but it's like yeah, Academy Awards. You know, uh, Nomadland is the big favorite, minus seven fifty. Yeah, I, I, they have a, a lot of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame odds. If you want to bet on Jay Z getting inducted, the Foo Fighters, yeah, the Go, the, that, the the the, the uh, Rage Against the Machine, are they going to get inducted? Yes, no. Do those have to? Does that have to be this year's? Uh, it says the twenty twenty one Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Hmm. Jay Z minus uh, twelve hundred on the yes for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame plus eight hundred plus eight hundred on the no. So yeah, that's... he must be getting in. He must be getting in. That's a heavy favorite. Let's see who else. Oh, you know, if you bet uh, while you're looking it up, anybody who bet at least twenty dollars on the Paul Askren fight gets a free twenty dollars to bet on the UFC this weekend. That's true. Oh, you said that. Yeah, I wonder if anybody took advantage of that at uh, mybookie.ag. <laughs> If you did what I said last week and middled yourself and guaranteed yourself either a dollar <laughs> or 56 cents, you're getting 20 free dollars to bet on UFC this weekend because you'd have to do a $10 play on each. So there you go. Can you hear my dog getting upset in the background? There? I can hear your dog. Yes, everybody can hear the dog getting upset. Why are you upsetting the dog? I thought that was a good growl. That's not a good growl. That's me? That's not a good growl. Uh, no, that was not a happy girl. Always of the run-ins. Is he going to bite me in the face? Probably, yes, probably. That's not a good girl. Get out of here. What are you doing? Jeez. Okay, There's teeth. Are, yeah, teeth. he's showing a lot of teeth. That doesn't sound like a good girl. Okay, get out of here. Go to bed. Jeez. <laughs> double running, double running. What double is this running dynamite? Day. I know. <laughs> it's an episode dynamite. Over books. Care about healthcare heroes? No, anymore. not anymore. Hit the bricks. You're not a hero anymore. You're done. That was last year.
Meltzer's going to say we're doing too much on the show this week. <laughs> that was last yeah. year. Get out of here. Don't get any free Panera or anything anymore. Nothing. <laughs> no balloon arches for you. <laughs> get out of here. Did you know last year, uh, funny story, so they, uh, instead of, you know, giving them more money or not firing uh, some of their nurses, they uh, they did a flyover at her hospital to kind of, you know, commemorate them for being healthcare heroes. Like an old school banner deal on the back of a plane? <laughs> I, I don't think there was a, I don't think there was a banner on the back of the plane. I think just like the planes just flew over the hospital. The Blue Angels flew over the plane, uh, the hospital. What? Okay. But, but here's the hook. They did it at like, what time did they do it at? Like. So it was like 2 or 3 p.m., which, by the way, the nurses are working in the COVID unit, so they couldn't see the flyover. So all the administrators went out there and saw the flyover and just told the nurses, yeah, yeah. Okay, how much did that cost them? And why I, did ungodly they amount, and they could have just dispersed it to the, yes, exactly, yes. So the thing is, okay, here we go. <laughs> what they could have done is, for instance, my manager at the time was out there and then posting it like live stream on Facebook, like, oh, thanks, this is to the nurses, like, hashtag proud to be a nurse. This bitch hasn't stepped foot in a <laughs> Okay, in a keep it PG, room. PG, PG. Sorry, this woman <laughs> has not stepped foot in a I'm going to get canceled room. because of you, so. And then she's out there watching the Blue Angels and then, like, our other useless assistant manager <laughs> who haven't done anything for anything, and then they're out there watching the Blue Angels and posting it on Facebook. Meanwhile, we're, like, getting literally shit on, and then none of us saw the Blue Angels fly over because we were just intubating COVID mm-hmm. patients. It was phenomenal yeah and i think it costs millions of dollars (laughs) which would have been nice to just split among the nurses instead anyway that really is fucking shit that is 420 enjoy your pineapple express i gotta tell you i typically don't care about things that don't affect me that bothers me a lot that made me really yeah i was like oh my god they did a flyover are you fucking kidding me (laughs) that is such shit that is so insulting i was thinking like to see it yeah that's I was thinking like a propeller plane with a banner on the back. <laughs> the old school like, like airplane and advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, you could add some like 1950s style. The guys like putting up the you know like the uh, skywriting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes like two hours. <laughs> that one too. Yeah. Right. And on a windy day, you can't even read it. Yeah. <laughs> just I haven't seen one of those in years, but yeah, I don't think can... they do them anymore. <laughs> they still do those banner the planes with the banner. Like if yes. you go to the beach, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be like. Eat at Jim's Pizza. <laughs> right, Geico. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Saved 15% at Geico. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of a Skywriter just writing thank you nurses and it's just taking. Yeah, I haven't seen a Skywriter. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Skywriter, to be honest. So. I've definitely seen them. And if, if it's like on a real windy day, you couldn't even read the word. Cause <laughs> right, by the all time this work, all this work letter, for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it just blows up, you know? But uh, I remember those. Yeah, but I haven't. I haven't thought about or seen a skywriter in decades. So I don't even think they do that anymore. Yeah, That's I can't imagine can't the effective advertising. Yeah, the, the return on investment for a skywriter seems pretty low these days. So um, yeah, like you have to be outside at that moment. <laughs> right. It, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, the, the banner is not bad. The, the yeah, like you said, it, it, to me it's always when I'm at a beach. Every time I'm at a beach, yeah, the flyover of of it's always just some Geico or State Farm or some shit like that. It's never. And, I wish it was Jared, Jim's Pizza because I would eat at Jim's Pizza, but it's always just like, you know, truly or you know, white claw or something. Tr- truly, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it's always some terrible fucking alcohol beverage. Um, 
But the thing is, like, when that plane is coming, everybody looks. Oh, yeah, it works. Everyone's just, like, points and... Arr, 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 arr. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's actually the, the most effective form of advertisement. Yeah. What's that plane going to say? Everyone <laughs> does the gimmick where they put their hand on their forehead over their eyes so they can, <laughs> right, right. And, and you squint. You do the squint and you make that face and you're like, oh, what's the plane going to say? And it's always, like you said, it's always like Geico with the dopey lizard on it or something. <laughs> right. It's like nothing you care about. Right. You but care. everyone will look, will look up and squint and put their hand over their eyes to try to read the dopey fucking flyover sign. So that on a be- in a beach-like setting, that definitely Great works. Great advertisement, yeah. Yeah, and it sits yeah. there for like 35 minutes, too. You know what I mean? You can't escape the Geico plane flying over. That's probably the only place where they still do that type of advertising. Because it's... I would say I've only seen it on beaches lately. Yeah, that's 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 the only time I've ever seen it. Because, yeah, where else are people out? Like, I guess, well, because at baseball games, you can't really do it too much. I think there's probably rules against, you know, flying over a stadium at a certain point. But Oh, yeah. Post-9-11 world. <laughs> You're right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we got... Champion Carnival, AW Stone Cold. Where do you want to go? Um, let's do the Champion Carnival. Let's do it. All Japan. We'll... Yeah, we'll give All Japan a little love here. So, um, how do you want to do this? Because we've seen, I, I've caught up a little bit. I've watched almost every uh, Champion Carnival match so far. I think you've seen. Have you seen everything? All of it. All the carnival so far. So I think we're up to what five shows? I want to say five or six. Uh, do you want to do like what we do for the G1 where I can run through the names? You can talk about the matches that were the highlights, or do you want to go night by night? How, how do you want to do this one? I'm looking for my tweet. Hold, uh, uh, hold on one second. Uh, because I can give you the uh, Champion Carnival cliff notes, and then we can do what you just said. Okay, so here's the – I sent this out as a tweet, but I'm going to say it on the air as well as someone who's seen every match. Here are your Champion Carnival cliff notes. Okay, if you just want to, if you haven't seen any of it and you want to do a quick catch up, okay, watch Kento versus Zeus, Kento Miyahara versus Zeus. I think you should probably watch yes, that match. Yes, I, I, will, I will second that. Watch that match. Favorite match I've Rich, seen so far. Rich Cosines. Yes. Rich Cosines. Watch all of Otani's matches because I think they're all, they've all been interesting and fun. Skip that first ring show from a couple nights ago, that little dopey first ring building that holds like 300 people. That was the worst show. Oh, it was the the acoustics of that show. It made me physically ill at one point because it's just like you hear like three people going <laughs> the entire time, and it's oh, it was just like I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it was it was. Bad. And it just happened to have the worst wrestling. Yeah, it wasn't good, and the and, and the clapping was terrible. Yeah, it was it was bad. So watch the show the next night from the two AW gym. That show was shockingly good. I thought because they had back to back nights in these dopey little buildings with nobody there. That I was like, okay, the first ring show sucked. This 2AW gym show is going to stink. But they put in good effort. And that was my favorite show so far, top to bottom. And then from there, watch Kento Zeus, watch Otani, skip first ring, watch 2AW, and then cherry pick your faves. That's really all you need to do. Because the rest of this thing is all pretty damn good. Nothing's been awful. Nothing's been great, in my opinion, either. But everything has been watchable. You know? And... The difference between last year and this year is staggering. There's real energy. There's a palpable energy. The effort levels seem higher. Um, the f- tournament just feels like it has more life. It's a more vibrant, exciting tournament to watch versus last year when it was the worst champion carnival of all time. And I've probably seen at least bits and pieces from all of them. So, um, yeah, very watchable. I mean, outside of that first ring show, you could watch any of the shows and enjoy yourself. Uh, so it's it's been pretty good. 
Yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. Like you said, the only match that I think has really, really stood out to me that I've, I've, I thought, oh my god, that's really, really good is Zeus versus Kento. It, it, it is definitely the one match that I would say, if you're listening to this segment and you're, you're at least somewhat interested in All Japan Pro Wrestling, that is a must see from this Champion Carnival. One of the better. Uh, probably the better All Japan matches you're going to see the entire year. I mean, it, it might be in that upper upper echelon. Uh, I went four and a quarter with it. it. It was it was top two. I've seen people go four and a half, and I have no argument with with that whatsoever. I think it's absolutely that level. So uh, definitely go to way to watch that match. And like you said, nothing else is really like must must see. I I, I kind of agree with you. Otani uh, has been really good. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen with the Shino's been okay, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. There, there hasn't been really anything that I've said. His booking, oh my god, the booking I, I is fucking know. horrendous. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll but but, but Miyahara and Ashino, I like that match a lot uh, as as well. So uh, that's one. But again, that, not, must watch is Zeus and Kento, and everything else. Just yeah, if you like the wrestlers, watch it. If you don't like the wrestlers, you can skip it. it you know what I mean? Like it. Everything's been at least borderline fine, and, and some of it's been good. And, and one match I would say has been great is probably my best way to. Uh, describe the champion carnival so far so uh, i don't know i don't know when when we're recording this i don't know when the next show is i think it's a few more days uh until that the thing wraps up may 3rd uh by the way so this is only one block this this year champion carnival only one block uh so we're just gonna go over the standings that are of right now uh, as of april 20th uh standings as we speak um four-way tie at the top uh you i'm just gonna start at at the beginning how wikipedia has this here yume aoyogi as uh six points what have you thought of his uh tournament so far He's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, uh, um, you know, he beat Ashino uh, in his second match, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but Ashino, I mean, I guess I'll wait till we get to Ashino to just go off on that. But um, yeah, Ayoyagi, he came out of the gate. I think on the first night he faced Otani, and that was a really good sub. Watch it be like 12 minutes, but like a sub 10-minute sprint that those two had the first night, which I thought was... Uh, a lot of fun. And, you know, you're going to hear a lot of me repeating myself because I think everyone's been pretty good in this thing. There's a couple guys who uh, stand out for different reasons. But, yeah, he's had a pretty good tournament. Yeah, everyone's put an effort in, which, which is all you can really ask for. I, I would say even There's just down more energy this year. Yeah, too. yeah. Even down to your Suwamas and your Ishikawas, like everyone's putting some effort into it and, and, um, yeah, there, there's definitely a palpable energy that that was not there last year with the Champion Carnival, and it's 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 as much as you could do with the clap crowds. But but I think the guys are working well. Uh, the match structures are, are are working in front of the clap crowds. It's just yeah, I, I, it's it's enjoyable wrestling. You know, nothing seems like it's overstaying its welcome. The main events are the only matches that really go long. Uh, pretty much everything else has been up sub ten minutes. So yeah, I I, I think they've approached this uh, pretty well, and I I, I really like Yume Aoki. Uh, I, I I think. Uh, uh, I, I always think, and, and we'll talk about. I guess, well, I guess now is the b- good time to talk about it. Uh, the match that he had with Jake Lee, I continue every time I see Aoyagi and I see Jake Lee, and I wonder why one of these guys is always pegged for being the next guy. Then I and I look at the other guy, Aoyagi, and I'm like, well, that guy seems like he's just better at everything. Like, why, why can't he be the next guy? But it's never him. It's never Aoyagi as being the next guy. It's always Jake Lee, always Jake Lee, always Jake Lee. And I thought he way outclassed Jake Lee in that match. I thought he blew him away in terms of charisma, in terms of in ring, terms of everything. And it just never seems like that's the guy that they are thinking about planning for the future for. It's always Jake Lee, and I, I just don't get that. I mean, we always throw him in. Whenever we talk about that next crop and and who they need to put, we always include Aoyagi. Yeah, he's in our discussion. Um, you know, but Jake Lee, he, you know, a lot of people are down on his tournament, and it sounds like you are too. But you know, obviously, he did the big double. They did the double turn, Jake Lee and Ashino, and the idea was okay. A lot of people thought they're probably going to meet in the final of this tournament, and 
you know, I still think Jake Lee will find his way into the final. I don't know about Ashino. But um, he's got to climb to get there. I'll just say that. So. Well, the thing with Ashino is that, okay, so they start him off with two losses, including to Jake Lee right out of the gate. So he loses to Jake Lee with night one. And in I'm three like, minutes, okay. by the way. In three minutes, no less. In three minutes with like an American style finish. Okay, so Jake Lee pulls the ref in front of him, and the ref, they do a ref bump, and he beats Ashino. And I didn't even really mind it. I saw a lot of people hated it, but I'm like, I could deal with it every now and then. As long as it's not overdone, and I get the story between these two, I really didn't. I genuinely didn't hate it. But I'm thinking, okay, this makes sense. Ashino will beat him in the final now. That's what they're setting up here. It happened on night one. It's in one of the bigger buildings they're going to run. They're they're foreshadowing. But then Ashino comes out and loses to Aoyagi in his next in his next match. And I'm like, okay, they're setting him up for the the, the you start off losing two in a row, and then you go on a hot streak and you win the. Re- so he comes out and beats Kento Miyahara. Yeah, here we like, go. Hey, we got it. It's, it, it's begun. It's begun. It started. Let's go. So, all right. He's going to beat Kento Miyahara, and now he's going to go on this big run, and he's going to beat Jake Lee in the final. Oh, he's got Kohei Sato next. He's going to beat that <laughs> dork, right? And then he loses to Sato. Rich, what the fuck was that? That was the most baffling decision in this thing so far. How is he losing to Kohei, I don't go to the gym anymore, Sato? Who's turning in? He's got the giant Baba body now, where like his chest is concave and he has no muscle definition in his arms, and he's got the skinny neck, and he's just like like he, he clearly doesn't work out anymore, and he's lost a step athletically, and Ashino is out here losing to that guy who is also an outsider, and there's no reason for that man to be beating Ashino, and now he's one in three, he only has like four mat four what is it five matches or something like that left. It's like, now I'm not even so sure he's going to have a winning record, let alone make a run here. Yeah, lost, it gets a loss to Booker Man, too. Don't forget about that, as you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, Wait, I don't who know. who else did he lose to? Uh, so, Ashina lost to Aoyagi. Uh, he lost to Jake Lee, and he lost to Sato. Oh, sorry, oh, okay. no, he has not lost to Booker Man yet. So that was No, uh, I was going to say, yeah, I didn't. Uh, so Soon, probably. <laughs> probably jumping ahead, but probably. Yeah. But uh, baffling booking of Ashino. I don't know what's going on there. But going back to Jake Lee, I mean, he's he's doing this ecl- total eclipse heel group thing. I think he's showing more charisma than he has shown in his entire career. And I, I and and a lot of people aren't enjoying this stuff. Um, and and look, I'm not saying his matches have been great because they haven't been great. But I, I don't care anymore. I just want this guy to show some charisma and look like a star. And I think he's doing that more now than he ever did as a babyface. I think he. I, I think you're right that he's doing it more now than he did as a babyface. But I still think the bar is pretty low for him. I. 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 I don't know. I just don't see it yet with him. I, I think he just always comes across as a guy playing pro wrestling and playing pro wrestler mm-hmm. as opposed to being. And even when he's being heel, Jake Lee, he's like, I don't know. There's just this aura of ha ha ha. Look how evil I am. I'm so bad. Like I don't know. I. I. I don't see it yet. And I don't know. I guess, oh, Jesus Christ, why are we playing with that toy right now? I have no idea. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I, I haven't loved I get his in-ring for this tournament. It's probably going to be a little bit lower as he's just kind of playing the heel character. But I, I don't know. You're right that he's showing more personality, but I still think we need a lot more out of him before I'm really ready to say, okay, we figured it out with Jake Lee. We figured out the secret sauce. This is, not, uh, this is not Pac. This is not you know those guys that immediately take to being a heel and we're like, oh, fuck. What? I, he's not on that level whatsoever. This is not the thing that we've been waiting for, to see for, from Jake Lee forever. It might turn around. I have no idea. I just, I, I don't know. I'm not fully bought in just yet. Uh, well, now we're being told they're not even doing a final. So. Um, oh, well, there you go. We're dumb. So there you go. So you, you can throw that out. What the are they window, doing? But, uh, they're not doing a final? 
No, it's it's a carnival. Sometimes they just have a straight winner. Remember, oh, we right. screwed us up every year. I think we've screwed this last up. Last year, like, no, no bullshit. Last year they had Zeus versus Miyahara. Yeah, the year but there's before years that, the carnival no. doesn't. It? Bullshit. 2019 Miyahara versus Jake Lee. 2018 yeah. Mirafuji over Miyahara. 2017 Ishikawa versus Joe Doring. 2016 Sakamoto versus Zeus. Do I need to keep going? 2015, Akibono versus Suwama. <laughs> 2014, Amore versus uh, uh, Akiyama. Do I have to keep going? I'll keep going. 2013, Akiyama versus Kai. <laughs> oh, one more time. 2012, uh, Teo Kai. I, we got Teo Kia. We got Teo Kia. We're going back to Teo Kia as we're finding finals here. Teo Kia over Suwama 2012. Uh, oh, sorry. 2011, Yuji Nagata versus Sonata. Oh, hey, What's 2010, Minoru Suzuki versus Fukuna, uh, Funaki. Oh, hey, 20, uh, 2009, Miro, uh, Minoru Suzuki Kasayashi. All right. Any more? What's the year they didn't have a final? <sighs> there was a recent year they didn't have a final. Oh, okay. Um, and we screwed it up that year, too. Well, what, what well, year was it was 2003? It hasn't been any year. I've listed every year, Joseph. I'm going to 2003. Sure? Yes. Am I getting fucking Mandela effect here? I think you are. I don't know. I scrolled every one of these. Don't let the, don't let the chat room fool you here. They're, they're fucking liars. I'm looking at no, it. No, there's no final this year. There's one block. There's no final this I, year, but eh, fuck it. I'm, I, I went to 2003 and there was finals every year. So I knew there was one block, but I thought they were doing one versus two. I thought so too, but... But apparently there's no, there's no final. Uh, 2003, they had a final. 2002, <laughs> 2001, 2000, yeah, 1999. Yeah, I can keep going Maybe here, it's but... the tag. Maybe it's the real world tag. All right, so, Joe, recent year, 1997. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> So what is it that doesn't have someone in the chat room help? Is it the uh is it the real world tag that doesn't have the final? Something doesn't have a final. And every year we say it has a final, and then every year we're like, oh wait, there's no final when we're trying to work this out. There it that's what it is. Okay. So in the chat room, it's the real world tag league that does, that recently has not had finals. Okay, there you go. So that's that's the one we screw up every year. Where we're like, every year we we preview it, and we're like, well, maybe this for the final, and then one of us goes, wait a minute, there is no final. And then we look like idiots. But uh, no final in the carnival this year, one block. So it's uh, it's Lee versus Miyahara on the final night. So that's your final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can kiss Hashino goodbye. Um, there will be no big comeback. But he's got the win over Miyahara in his pocket. The problem is, even if Miyahara wins the tournament or wins the title or whatever, Hashino takes such a beating against everybody else that there's no juice in Hashino no. getting a match yeah, against Miyahara. Yeah, who gives? They've shit killed anymore. the guy dead. And I really thought this would be a reinvigoration of him, but it hasn't been. I thought this was pressing the reset button on Ashino and Lee. And I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Ashino. So, um, anyway, I guess we did Ashino and Lee so we could skip them as you go through. Yeah, well, sorry. I'm, I'm currently looking at the 1982 Champion Carnival. That one did not have a final, Joe. So maybe that's what you're thinking of when Giant Baba won his uh, seventh <laughs> Champion Carnival in 1982. All right. So when we broke that one down on audio tape yeah. and sent it out to our subscribers on the cassette, we uh, we, we screwed that up. And, and uh, Yeah, and it was a tough one, fun. though, because Baba just barely – he had 29 points. So he just barely beat Bruiser Brody, Ted DiBiase, and Jumbo Saruta, who all had 28 points. So – Right, uh, all, all real close. Uh, Mongolian Stomper, I know you, he was your prediction at the beginning. He only got twenty points though. So, you think back then they made up results? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> because there's like no show records of some of that stuff. Yeah, there's some early like New Japan tournaments where guys have like forty five points, and and there's like thirty minute draws between guys. You're like, no, they didn't go to thirty minute draws. And the, and the record here. keeping and the record keeping is so impeccable, and yet there's cards missing. Yeah, right, right, right. right? Like, okay, these two guys, like, they just fucking made it up. You know, um, 
Anyway, who's next here? Uh, let's move on to Zeus, who has been my uh, my my dark. Or no, sorry, Kohei Sato. Let's go to Kohei Sato real quick. He has six points as well. Yeah, I you know well, he you kind of like talked shit. about him. He looks like shit. And he's kind of wrestling Physically, like shit too. So. He looks like ET. He's shaped like he does e. like he now. does look like ET. Right? He looks like fucking ET. He's got long arms, um, no body mass, a big old head. He just kind of lumbers around and looks like he's about to fall over at any point. Yeah, ET. That's a good comp. He's not good. Not good he's at not, all. He hasn't been good. Uh, Zeus has been good. Zeus has been, oh my god, I, I, I'm i not, like, I, there's a lot of people that, like, ironically like Zeus, there's people that unironically like Zeus, I've always kind of been in the middle, I've kind of been like, yeah, Zeus is fine sometimes, and sometimes he's not good. Dude, every match he's been in, I think he's been tremendous this tournament. I think that, uh, Zeus and Miyahara are the two best wrestlers in the promotion, um, they had the best match in his tournament, they're the two most charismatic wrestlers in the promotion. So, yeah, I have no issue with Zeus. He's been in the best bout. He's one of the two best wrestlers in the company. I have nothing bad to say about Zeus. Yeah, he, he's been tremendous this entire tournament. Uh, uh, Kento Miyahara, he's at four points right now, so he's on the outside looking in. But, of course, you know he'll be there uh, when, when it matters. And he's had uh, some of my favorite matches. He had a great match with the Shino that I really, really liked. Uh, and then, obviously, the tremendous match against Zeus. Uh, and the Otani match was great, too. I mean, I mean, breaking news here on the, on the show here. Kento Miyahara, good at wrestling. I enjoy his wrestling, Joe. He should just win this and win the title. Stop fucking <laughs> I know. I mean, who cares what these American geeks think, these Western... He's the best wrestler in the company. By far the most charismatic wrestler in the company. He comes out and you're like, oh, there's a star. I mean, it's just so I obvious. Mean, it, it, in the guy. promotion, too. And they, 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 they play it up, too. His music plays forever. Yeah. He comes out and he, he forces every single fan to clap. He forces you to get into the Chris show. <laughs> like that's his goal. He's been that for years in all Japan. It's like a dead crowd, and then Kenzo's gonna come on and go, no, 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 no. Fuck you guys. Let's get let's get up. Let's get hype. Let's go. My music's playing. I'm coming out. I'm Kenzo motherfucking Miyahara. You're all gonna clap for me. We're all gonna dance. We're all gonna have a good time. And yeah, he he does it every single time. He's so clearly the top star in that company that it, that, that yeah, it, it's I, I think there's this thing with fans under the age of like twenty five. I'm gonna put it at twenty five. I think it's just a generational thing where it's it's just this – I don't want to say short attention span even though that's what it is. But it's more of – it's constantly, okay, I'm bored. What's next? Every time there's a major title change in wrestling, you and I get inundated with questions. Oh, who's, who's going to beat this champion? Who's he going to lose the title? Well, he just won it. You know what I mean? Like what's the hurry? Why are we – you know, it's 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 like when Will Ospreay won the title. Oh, who do you think is going to beat Will Ospreay? Well, he well, I don't know. Can he have a title defense? Yeah, let's first? find out. Let's see how the story plays yeah. out a little bit here. Before you know, every time I do a Q and A, inevitably someone will say, "Oh, who's going to be the guy to beat Omega? Who's going to be the guy to beat this guy?" And it's like, I'm not really even thinking about that. Like Kenny Omega's in the middle of of what's probably going to be a long run, but and it seems the younger you are, the more it's about, okay, yeah, but what's next? And well, because it's I all about the reaction, every- you know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't, I think a lot of it is because that's that's where the interest, the interesting Twitter stuff comes from. The interesting d- Discord discussions are discussing a title change, the endorphin boost of, a, oh my god, a title change. Let's talk about it. Let's react to it. Let's, you know, and and versus like you don't get much out of a hey, another solid title defense by wrestler X. But it's crazy that the hardcore all Japan fans, the hardcore deep pearl elitists, were super into Kento Miyahara's rise. And he wins the title, and now they all wanted him gone. Yeah. Stop the Kento. Oh, who's going to be out? So, so, it's like people get into the rise, and they get into 
the win, but then it's like they immediately want to move on. And, and and that's something I've noticed. They're always looking, oh, what's the next? All right, well, what's the next thing? Ah, we saw that, now what's next? But it's like Miyahara had incredible title reigns when he was on top in, in All Japan. And people didn't enjoy them. They just spent time complaining about it. You know, and and it's a pattern I've noticed really across wrestling with the exception of WWE because their fan base is a completely different animal. Um, where it's like, as soon as someone wins a title, the discourse becomes, oh, well, who's going to beat that person? And I don't really ever start thinking about that until it feels like the title reign has done everything it can do. And until it feels like it's run its course. Or until it feels like there's a need for a change. Right. That's when my mind starts to go, okay, well, where are they going with this? Who can beat this person? Who would get something from being this person? When someone wins a title, especially if it's like a career-defining moment or a big title win that's been built up, I'm never thinking about, all right, well, where are we going next? And I think it's interesting that – and I do think it skews young, sort of that point of view, like extremely young. I'm not even talk- – I'm talking like you're super young, and, and maybe that's just a product of uh, – uh, of uh, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know what it is, but it's an observation that I have made recently – and I think that Kento Miyahara with the Western fan base, because I don't think that the Japanese fan base wanted to, you know, couldn't wait to see him lose. I think that they love him. And I, and I thought his title reigns were, were good and fans were into that. But it's just interesting that uh, I think he was a victim of that, Miyahara. And then it becomes a meme and then it becomes, okay, well, this is just the guy we – so it's like – but when you watch him, it's so obvious that he's by far – the best wrestler in that company in every way. Like, it's not even close. Like, Zeus is number two, and he can't, he's not even close. And then there's a huge gap between Zeus and Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The gap between Zeus and the, and the next guy is, is so much so that I don't know who I could, I mean, Aoyagi, Jake Lee, Ashino. I mean, fuck, Otani after this tournament might I mean, be right take there. Your pick. Yeah. It doesn't yeah even it's literally, the, the problem is you can them. name seven people, and, and you're not, probably not wrong with that guy that's third in the list, and that, that's not yeah. good. So. Uh, Booker Man, Suji Ishikawa. I have not. Uh, I can't say that I've had any. Yeah, he's been fine. He's been fine. Been fine. I, I have like really nothing to say. It's been perfectly okay. Is, is he's a guy who's clearly in his decline phase, but he's been perfectly fine. Yeah, that, that's probably about all I can say there. Uh, Suama, who I, I actually like. I, I think Suama's been pretty solid. He's been fine. So I've been killing him all year. I can't kill. Yeah, him he, he was. He's been pretty damn good. He looks like he's working his ass off. He is. A, when when he's out there putting some amount of effort, it really does help these shows a lot. And and that probably speaks to your point of it having more life. Because there was a lot of real lifeless Suama, you know, matches in in, in, in prior, uh, especially in last year's ones. Even though he was he, matches were kept short in last year's Champion Carnival, he was just out there doing nothing. Like he was obviously he wasn't healthy or whatever. Uh, he looks healthy. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say healthy, healthy. I mean, I'm sure he's still hurting, but I mean, he's had he's had 18 minute matches, 19 minute matches, 10 minute matches, and it, it, he's he's been delivering. So um, I, I I can't hit him on that. So he's got four points right now, but he's he's probably out of the mix. Uh, last there. year he last year he wasn't good and he was eliminated quickly. Yeah. It was really weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was the champion. And it's like this is fucking weird. You gotta get the title off of this fucking goofy. I know. I, I always forget that he's still the champion. I'm like, what are we doing? Get him out of here. Like, let's go. Uh Shinjiro Otani. Let's strap up Otani. He's been fucking tremendous in this tournament. He's awesome. He's been good. He's been very good. Yeah. He's been excellent. How, how old like is Shinjiro Otani at this he's point? Not as old as you think. We always talk about 48 years old. He's only 48. Yeah. Okay, good for him. So that's still pretty old, though. I mean, no, but you think of him as like 
well into his 50s because he's never had hair. Yeah, yeah. He lost his hair in like 1994. So He's got a bad body and you just you think of him as being super old, but he's really not. Yeah, he's had some really, really good matches. Aoyagi was, was really good. Uh, the Jake Lee match was really good. The Miyahara match was re- really, really good as well. So Yeah. Uh, good for him. Sotaro Shino, we've talked about that. He's had good matches, but he's losing to fucking Koei Sato. So. I thought the Miyahara match was really good. Yeah, so. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was and and uh, you know what the thing I hate to do the the clap crowd was louder, but the clap crowd was pretty damn loud for this match. Did you notice that? I mean, they I got didn't really make note of that. They no, got up for that. I mean, I, and it's probably just because Kenta Miyahara forced them to get up for it because he does that. But the crowd, I, I you could tell when when there were near falls coming on, and when the guys, you know, he had him in the uh, he had him in that ankle lock forever, and 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 Kenta screaming about his ankle. The crowd's getting really into it. Like I don't know, I the crowd seems to see it. I seem to see it. You seem to see it. I I don't know why. Shino is just this like. Treated like a nothing. I mean, you talk about the difference of him coming out versus a lot of these other guys, and it's like, whatever. All right. I'm done. I'm done getting mad about it because they, they clearly don't see it the same way we do. And then uh, Koji Doi has uh, two points as well. So Yeah, he's been fine too. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I have any real strong opinion about Koji Doi uh, in this. Uh, yeah, this he's going to be a bottom guy. He's going to finish near the bottom, and, and but he's out there putting in decent performances. So. Right, he's currently tied at uh, dead last with, the, with Shitaro Shino as well at two points. <laughs> So it looks like it'll be, you know, Jake Lee's time and um you know, I'm going to give the heel thing a chance and and because I do think um he's been more impressive from a presence and charisma perspective than he's ever been you know, right now. He was dead in the water as a babyface, dead in the fucking water. And I think they knew it. So thinking two steps ahead, maybe they think this heel unit can, you know, eventually a year, two years, three years down the line, you could turn him back. And then, but I, I just don't think he had. Maybe this will give him the kind of confidence he needs to excel as a babyface. But, um, you know, I will give this a chance since he's probably going to win it. But, uh, but we'll see. Anything to get that title off Suwama though is fine with me. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and yeah, no, I, I'm all yeah, for the move. Yoshi, the Yoshitatsu, you know, the Suwama Yoshitatsu match was not that bad. That on um, March, I want to say it was the 21st or the 14th. Was it the 21st? Let me see. Yeah. The Suwama Yoshitatsu match, I actually liked that defense better than his early year ones that people liked that I hated. Um, I actually honestly think that's his best match this year was the Yoshitatsu match, which is crazy. Um, There was an All-Asia, not an All-Asia, there was a... uh, Tag title match on the 14th, which I think is one of the best matches they've had all year, which is uh, Miyahara and Aoyagi. They beat Zeus and uh, Shikihiro Iri on the 14th. I think that was better than any carnival match so far. Um, and I went notebook on that. So if people want to you know, go back and check out some All Japan, I know we haven't been talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. That's what's been going on there recently. So that's Carnival. Yeah, we'll watch it throughout the, the rest of the tournament and uh, hopefully have some uh, reactions as we get to a little bit closer. So uh, only two more topics to go, uh, but one more ad read to go, Joe. We are also brought to you this week by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development and provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men and women worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAGSHIP 
at manscaped.com against the code is flagship at manscaped.com they've created the best ball hair trimmer ever the lawnmower 3.0 their third generation trimmer that features cutting edge ceramic blades uh reduces grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology uh it also comes in their brand new perfect package 3.0 which features the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you also have the crop reviver uh you combine those two products and you have your balls no longer sweating no longer smelling and no longer sticking as well. There's two free gifts in that Perfect Package 3.0, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll have your junk uh, feeling fresh all day, as well as a travel bag to store all of your grooming goodies. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FLAGSHIP at manscaped.com. Against the code is FLAGSHIP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FLAGSHIP at manscaped.com. All right, let's talk about AAW. I'm not, I'm not going to play the uh, headstrong because this isn't a true bounce around the indies, but uh, we had promised a few weeks ago we were going to start getting into more, start shining a light, watching non-GCW indies. I think I'm done with GCW for a while. Call me when Gage and, and Moxley fight, but for the rest of it, I think I'm done. And I'm glad I have because there's been a lot of indies I've watched over the last few weeks that I've really enjoyed. Uh, and you and I had a chance this week to catch up on what AEW has been doing. Obviously, AEW out of Chicago. Uh, my kind of quote-unquote local fed. Been to uh, many, many shows. Hoping to go to the show uh, on the 7th as well. Uh, we caught up. They've been doing their AEW Alive uh, shows. They're on. So they, they stream on Twitch. They stream on their Twitch channel. Um, you know, live, and then after that, you can watch them on AEW on demand and a few different other places uh, that they pop up. But essentially, these AEW lives are uh, kind of episodic one hour shows, one and an hour and 20 minutes, I think maybe the, the one episode was, uh, that are not meant to be these big giant super shows, but rather kind of weekly episodic TV building towards these major shows, including the one going on uh, Take No Prisoners on, uh, on May 7th. Uh, but uh, yeah, what have you thought of, uh, of of what you've seen from AEW so far? And I, I don't know how do you want to break this down. We've we, I've watched all three episodes. I think you've watched all three episodes. Uh, do we want to point out stuff we've enjoyed? Do we want to go episode by episode? How do you want to kind of tackle uh, AEW for this week? Well, it's interesting because what they did is they ran a show on I guess the third, right? Yes, and yeah, I wasn't they- I wasn't there, but I, be- I believe yeah they ran it and, and taped a bunch of stuff that day. And then they broke it into three episodes of this Alive gimmick, which is airing on, you know, whatever service that is. So, um, and then they're doing it again on the 24th. They're doing another taping, and then they're going to split those into sort of these episodic, uh, you know, they're not always an hour. Sometimes they're like an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half. Um, So it's an interesting concept to approach it that way. And then, you know, they'll put up a new one once a week, you know, all broken up from whatever that taping was. But the fans there see, you know, one continuous show. Um, what what struck me watching all three of these was, number one, the commentary was a breath of fresh air. Was it vintage fucking Gordon Soley? No. But the fact that it's commentary that doesn't distract you from what's happening right nobody called me bro during the entire uh three episodes that i watched the entire three hours nobody called me bro in there which nobody's is- telling me to suck their cock <laughs> right. in the commentary booth. That's weird um you know nobody's you know nobody's actively uh, half- drunk while it's going on so that, that's yeah weird. no one's half in the bag um they're just calling the action and it's, not, it's, it's tyler voles and joe dombrowski by the way I want to shout their name yeah, out there so they just do a professional job they just go they out call there and they do professional, professional wrestling. Stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 
They tell you what's happening. This, they this is what things. we have to we have to we have to credit and pat you know. And it's no offense to these guys, like, but I'm saying no. that, that's how the state of the indies are. Is that we now have to tell we have to tell Tyler and Joe, hey, thank you for commentating pro wrestling. <laughs> you know, what I mean, the, the, the standards are so low, but they're good at doing it. They're good at doing it no matter what. But still, the very fact that like we have to commend them for just calling pro wrestling and just calling the stories and calling the moves. That that sticks out in today's indie wrestling, and that's that's pathetic. But they they do a, a, a tremendous job. Yeah, so that really stood out to me. Just, and it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's not meant to be. Just competent commentary stood out to me, and those guys do do a good job. I mean, they just call the matches. They don't scream and yell. Uh, they don't try to get themselves over at all, which to me is big. And. They explain to you what's going on when needed. So that was the number one thing that stood out to me after the fucking abomination that we dealt with the weekend prior. The other thing that stood out to me on these shows is, holy shit, a promotion that books angles. I know. I thought I knew you were going to love that when you, when you saw that. That's why I suggested you, uh, uh, you know, I, I subscribed to AEW On Demand and I kind of gave you the link and the login. And I said, hey, you should watch this stuff because I think you're going to really, really like uh, what we're seeing here when we catch up, but yeah, week to week booking stories, uh, unique use of, of of established wrestlers. Like there was a lot to like in these. I, I really really like these three shows. Not just a bunch of scrambles in a vacuum that mean nothing, with maybe a main event for a title. Like actual angles and matches that, for the most part, almost all were part of a story, or the or a greater story, or you know, there's stuff happening. And then you're invested more. And this is all we've been asking for out of the indies. Get back to booking and not just matchmaking. You know? And um, that's definitely what we saw here. They put a lot of effort into making all three of these shows, which again is really just one long show, but they broke them up into three shows. One thing leading to them to another. You can see them planting seeds for people, for pushes. Um there's a very clear heel face dynamic with uh, with their roster right now. Um, there's a lot of stuff they had to drop since the last time they were able to run about a year ago, or not? You know, probably about six months ago. I think they ran last. They, 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 they did a little bit. They did a few but, COVID shows, but yeah, they, not many of them. And and quickly they weren't able to do them because of Illinois restrictions and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they they ran a few right. shows in like the I want to say late summer, early fall, October, then, yeah, or something. yeah, somewhere around there, and then right. they had to go away again, obviously. But you know, they were doing that Fred Yehi ACH feud, and ACH wasn't at this taping and didn't do Mania Weekend. It seems like ACH is a wall right now. So they had to move away from that, and, and they've got Fred Yehi doing something else, which we're going to talk about. So they had to drop some of the stories they were doing before. I mean, look, COVID fucked everybody up, and it's going to be even worse on an indie because you don't have that contracted roster where you can continue things. But, you know, they pressed the reset button in some areas, and they've got a direction here, you know? And, and I didn't think these were the greatest shows. Uh, you know, some of the stuff didn't land for me. But I'm looking forward to what happens at the next taping in a couple days here. And I'm looking forward to the next installments of these because they've hooked me on some of their stories. And they've hooked me on some of the people, these new faces I've never seen that look like they're going to get pushes. This was just – the best way I can describe this was it was a breath of fresh air in terms of indies. And I know that there's some other indies doing some good things. And we promised people we were going to try to seek them out. And this is the first one up. 
because we've been doing AAW reviews on this show from day one, and they're on our radar. And, you know, they impressed me here enough to where uh, I'm going to keep watching it. And, you know, it just, this is kind of what we've been asking for in terms of, um, you know, what we want to see out of Indies in terms of effort uh, from a booking perspective and telling some stories and giving us something to sink our teeth into other than, you know, here's two assholes in a match and we know it's not going to lead to anything. Right, right, right. And now here's a commentator that's going to scream and tell you to suck his fucking dick, bro. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, it, it's trash. Hey, I lo- the format of these shows, what I loved about these, they, they reminded me, and actually it's something I was going to bring up earlier in the show and then we got de- derailed with our Australia stuff, is uh, this past week when I've been kind of doing some work or trying to do some stuff and kind of not really want to watch, you know, sit down and watch wrestling and focus on it. I'm putting up episodes of superstars on my, uh, uh, my WWE network that I get from not being in America by living in Australia, of course. And, uh, yeah, just been like, you know, I, I love to just put on like 1993 episodes of WWE superstars and just like let it play in the background and, and, and watch episodes, episodes. And yeah, it's like, you know, your early matches are all kind of storyline heavy, building to, you know, main events, building to big things. And then your main event is usually like this 10 minute match where, you know, it's a pretty decent back and forth match and it's over. And then, yeah, the next week starts and it's five or six different squash matches and promos and a main event that actually matters and yada, yada, yada. And that's exactly how these shows were structured. So I love that aspect of it, too. It felt like a classic sort of old school hour long wrestling show where you have, you know, these very short matches, kind of showcase matches at the beginning. Uh, some of them are squashes. Some of them are, are, are good back and forth matches, but nothing overstays its welcome. It's all about five to seven minutes long they get out of there they cut a promo they, they build to a story and then you have a big time main event between two of the, the push commodities and, and they have a definitive win and then you kind of move on and that's the end of the episode and i like that that's a great format and it makes for such an easy watch as well when it's done that hour flies by and uh yeah processing's not that hard it's really really easy sometimes when you just kind of get down to the basics and and, and that's what i think aw has done here so uh real quickly we'll just kind of i'm going to recap the show as a little bit because I think they all kind of lead into each other uh, and lead into you know, some decent talking points here. Uh, but episode four started with uh, Sky Blue defeating Hyun. Uh, and after Sky Blue defeated her, Allison K came out, kind of talked shit about her, and they're kind of building to, you know, Allison K making her return to AAW, her kind of talking shit, talking about how, hey, you know, she wants to be at the top or whatever, and building towards, you know, eventual feud with, with you know, with Sky Blue versus Allison K. So again, Sky Blue gets the win, a, a relatively big upset. Allison K comes out, talks shit. You got a match already whenever you need to go to Allison K versus Sky Blue. Again, not hard. It's pretty, pretty fucking easy. So uh, then you have Braden Lee and Ace Perry. That was just a match. Well, a good little showcase match between those two guys. I really like that match. Yeah, they, they worked I their think, asses off. Those guys are good. You know, Braden Lee looked pretty good last weekend. I don't remember whether we talked about him a lot or not. But we, we, yeah, we didn't mention him much, but yeah, he, he, was, he was solid. He looked really good here. These two guys worked very well together. This was, to me, um, one of the standout matches on the entire deal, honestly. And then you have Hakeem Zayn, who is uh, Rohit Raju from Impact, but he's he's a totally different character here uh, in AEW. He's kind of a uh, he's a muscle muscle head, but he's 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 good. He's cocky. He's it's not totally different than Rohit Raju, but it, it's a little bit different. They 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 don't play up the Indian aspect as much as obviously Impact does uh, here, but. He comes out. He does a match with Isaiah Moore. Beats him in a minute. Goes, hey, this guy fucking sucked. Give me somebody else. Cole Carter comes out and he beats him in three minutes as well. So it's just Hakeem Zayn just proving his dominance. Yeah, it was awesome. Cole Carter's the guy that uh, Agogo punched in the stomach last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zane is like a cocky second. He's the heritage champ, so he's like the secondary title holder. Correct. He's a cocky heel, and his whole thing is wanting to make the heritage champ to him. You know, he says how it's more important than the AEW heavyweight title, and 
you know, he does this cocky heel routine and he beat two jabrones back to back here. And uh, this would lead to stuff later on. Yeah. Titles being important. That's, that's so strange. So that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, four-way match. This was kind of just a, a get guys on the show match, but it was pretty yeah. solid. It was Paco who hasn't wrestled in anywhere in last year. Uh, Gringo Paco Loco. Paco's an AEW guy, man. He's just, yeah. that's. Through and through. People are wondering, where's Paco? Where's Paco? Where's Paco? He's just waiting for AEW to run again because he's back now. So yeah. uh, good for him. So Paco, Gringo Loco, Jake Lander, and, and Nick King. They just had a four-way uh, match. Pretty, really good stuff, though. Some pretty cool spots. Uh, and of, of course, Paco won. He had. Yeah, oh, Paco's yeah. got to win. Yeah. Paco's, That's the local guy. Paco's the best. Uh, and then AEW heavyweight title match Matt Swarner, who is the champion, uh, defeats Manders, uh, one called Manders. But instead of being one called Manders, he's just fucking Manders, I think, in, in AEW. Yes. Uh, a lot of shtick is out of there. He's just kind of a corn fed Iowa guy that goes out there and, and beats ass. And Matt Swarner's obviously the trailer park hero or whatever the hell. Uh, they had a good little match. They beat the hell out of each other for 15 minutes. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that match. It was a Mance Warner match. It was about the best you're going to get out of Mance Warner with the, with chairs and, and gimmicks. And it's a, it's a Mance Warner brawl. And the story is these two guys were buddies because they, 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 they have pre-taped promos that they slip in between yes, the matches. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes it's an interview with Dombrowski. Sometimes it's just a pre-tape where the person gets themselves over. Um, and the idea here was these guys are pals, but Manders wants that title. And then they go out there, beat the shit out of each other, and Warner wins. But then Fred Yehi attacks Manders in the post-match and chokes him out in the, uh, in the entranceway while two masked goons attack Warner in the ring so he can't save him. So... And then they forced Mance Warner to watch Manders get choked out by Fred Yehi. Yeah. So that's how they ended episode four with, you know, uh, setting up this, you know, Fred Yehi because Yehi cut a promo earlier in the show as well. So that's Yehi's new direction. They obviously have moved away from this ACH feud because ACH isn't around. So he will be the heel challenger to Mance Warner's title. And that's going to headline their big take no prisoners show on May 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I'm hoping to, uh, to get to, yeah, this is the most I've cared about Freddie AI ever in his entire wrestling career. And I've seen him for a lot of years, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty funny how uh, without much work, they've gotten me to really, really buy into to Freddie AI. And he's a guy who nobody's using right now. And it, like very rarely people use it for some, it's always, it's always been a thing for the last 10 years is that like, why doesn't more, why do more people not book Freddie AI? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that for you, but he's he's doing AEW and 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 obviously he's got a he's got a gimmick and he's cutting promos and it's it's he's he's being Freddie Ahai in all the ways that you wouldn't assume Freddie Ahai is being Freddie Ahai. I mean he's 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 heat and he's promos, which like again a lot of people just use him as a pure wrestler and it's like yeah this guy has a lot to offer here because these promos were really good and and obviously he's really good as the heel too. So yeah, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, so but that, Joe, that wrapped up I, Joe, it was too much heat, and there was too many people. And I didn't know who the mask guys were, so I did not watch episode five and six because I was too confused. So, I mean, the mask guys got their ass kicked on episode five. So, well, I uh, didn't see it because I was too confused. There was too many people on my screen. I didn't know who they were. They didn't introduce them. They were masked, and I couldn't see them. So, anyway, just joking. Uh, episode five. Um, I'd say the worst of the three episodes that I saw. Uh, I'll quickly yes. run it down. Uh, Allison K defeats Ray Lynn. Just kind of Allison K proving her dominance there. Uh, Obviously, the big push on the women's side. Right, so. right, right, right. Ren Jones uh, versus Damian Chambers, just kind of a showcase match for two guys. Well, uh, these are two guys who, um, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you can see that this Ren Jones is going to get a push. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, this is like the start of that. Like, you're getting in on the ground floor of some people here, too. They gave him promo time. 
and he came out and won this match. It was kind of a showcase for this friend. Right, and two guys you don't see very often anywhere. Like, they're very rarely used. And AAW uses a lot of people. They used to use a lot of people from Elgin's school. That's obviously where Paco and a few other guys came from. Uh, And a lot of guys from the Black and Brave, the Merrick Brave, uh, uh, Seth Rollins, or Tyler Black. Uh, 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 come and and like for some reason a lot of companies don't use those guys <laughs> for some reason I don't know why but uh, that's hey to their benefit they're getting guys from, from there they're getting guys from Chicago they're getting guys from Iowa they're getting guys from Indiana uh, from St. Louis you know Missouri from from Elgin and stuff so yeah there's there's they have a pipeline there and it, it, it's you know it's showing into some pretty good guys so yeah that was a pretty cool showcase there. Brent Jones is is very tall yes and he has a presence about him he's got some natural charisma. I can see what they see in him. He's not even close to a finished product. There's not much you can glean out of a little three or four minute match anyway. That's the other thing. A lot of these matches, it was structured like these are structured like television shows. So the matches do not overstay their welcome. No, I love it. I love TV wrestling, man. TV wrestling is the best. It's the best way to promote guys. It's the best way to get guys over. And when I see TV wrestling, I mean one hour TV wrestling. Hakeem Zane goes in there and beats two guys asses in four minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit with Russ Jones. Russ Jones goes in there in two minutes, beats guys' asses. Ren Jones comes out here in, in three or four minutes and wins a match. You know what I mean? Like, that is the most effective way to build stars. And all we've done in wrestling is run away from that format for, for years and years and years and years. But it's, it's, it's so clearly the best format to build a, a, a wrestling company around. And this is like half TV wrestling, half indie wrestling. It's kind of a, a, an odd hybrid. But, um, but, yeah, that was the idea behind that Jones match. Uh, Matthew Justice versus Gary J, uh, a match I was I was into with the two names, but again it's TV wrestling, so you're not really looking for 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 big big time matches. But uh, I don't know. See, I, thought I thought that solid. I thought that was the best match of the fifth episode. Well, yeah, I would say for sure because I don't think that fifth episode was 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 great. But yeah, no, I don't know. I, I those two names, I, I, they have a better match than those two guys for sure. And and they're probably with other opponents, I think they might have worked a little bit better. But I don't know. I I, I don't I, again using both those guys, I think is a good aspect for AEW. I mean, use Matthew Justice as not kind of a deathmatchy guy, but it's just a big man and use Gary J as Gary J because Gary J rules. So just use Gary J however you want to use Gary J because uh, yeah. he's great. And then your main event was Freddie A. High versus Travis Titan. Uh, Freddie A. High getting the win over Travis Titan just to kind of prove, you know, he's, he's the, the top heel. Uh, but Travis Titan's a guy as well that kind of, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what the ceiling is for him, but I think he's another guy to keep at least a, a modicum of an eye. And he's, he's, you, you got to put, you know what I mean? Like he, a guy comes in and he looks like that and he, he, he has that sort of presence. You got to push him even though he's not quite, yeah, or I don't. Maybe not. You don't have to push him, but you have to. You have. You got to try something out with him because it might be there with Travis Titan. He's got enough yeah. aspects of it. He's got. He's got some of the parts down. If he's not a complete package right now. Yeah, and and again, this is where they did the pre-tape where Warner beat up the two goons who attacked them, like outside the building or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, they keep it episodic and they they keep running storylines going and stuff. I forget. Like Titan's done a few dark shots too, right? Dark, uh, AW Dark, yeah, AW Dark. I think I think he has. I'm almost positive he has. But yeah, a few of these guys have. So they're not complete unknowns in the world. But I, I, I'm pretty sure he has. But Travis Titan, yeah, I, I'm almost positive he did. Ricky Star, I want to say he faced Ricky Starks. Maybe am I wrong about that? I don't. It could have been a year ago or something. I, I forget. But I, I know I he's had some shots wrong. there. So I mean, he may have. I have to check cage matches. I don't. Yeah, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But he but he's a guy. He's there's something there with him. There's there's definitely potential there. So he's not there yet, but he's still obviously super super young. But uh, then we went to episode six. I I thought was the strongest episode of the of the three. Really really liked episode six. So it starts out with Johnny Bravo coming out, and I forget to mention in episode four, 
uh, Johnny Bravo, Impact Johnny Bravo comes out. Uh, he's, do- he's doing a pre-tape. And he's just talking shit. He's just being an old school chicken shit heel. Just a classic heel manager. And he comes out in episode six. And he's a chicken shit asshole heel. And then he announces his newest acquisition. Not Alley Cat Joe, but Alley Catch. What'd you think of Alley Catch? I mean, she's going to rebrand. And I think this isn't just for AAW. I think it's for everywhere. Is it really? Okay. I think she's rebranding. And I don't, I, I, I don't think the way I read it, I think this is just an AEW thing. Now she might check her Twitter feed. Yeah. She might say, Hey, this is pretty cool. Maybe I should do this everywhere. But I thought this was just an AEW thing, but I, I, I could be wrong. Let me check her Twitter feed. But the idea here, she's dropping the dopey, you know, she's not painting her face. She's just going to go out there and wrestle, and she's a heel, and she's got the heel manager. Oh, you know what? And, yeah, you might be onto something here. Her her uh, uh, she, her Twitter yeah. profile is black. It's just a black color. Her pin tweet is catch. It's her doing a Boston Crab. Yeah. All right. She's rebranded, and, and I think that it's not the worst thing to try because she's gone as far as she's going to go with the alley cat thing. It clearly got her out of the Texas Indies and onto the national scene. But everyone around her has gotten signed. She has not even gotten a sniff. I mean, she's admitted that herself in interviews. So if your goal is to be a full-time professional wrestler, that alley cat thing wasn't going to get you there. So we've got a little bit of a rebranding happening here. You know, maybe she's going to focus more on just her bell-to-bell wrestling, dropping the gimmicks, dropping the shtick. If I were advising her, and this is unsolicited advice. No one's asking me. I'd stop doing deathmatch. I'd stop doing intergender. And I would just uh, get in there and and wrestle and and try something different because the alley cat thing with all the intergender and the deathmatch and the comedy and the gimmick shit, it has gotten her as far as she's going to go. Yeah, there's a and ceiling. Good, there's a, there's an obvious ceiling career. to it. Yeah, it obviously helped her career, but there was a ceiling and there's time to, to, to move on. And, and yeah. Now cut the shit. Stop doing thumbtacks. Stop doing fucking going through doors. Stop doing intergender. Stop doing dopey comedy with Dan the Dad. And now see if you can now uh, go to the next level. We'll see. So I, I think this rebranding is a good idea on her part. I liked it. I'll be honest. I thought I thought it was solid. She she beat Heather Reckless in about six minutes, and it wasn't there wasn't a ton, but she basically went in there and 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 she's you know like she's. Pretty tall and has some 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 decent size or whatever. And you saw this, and and AEW would be smart, and, and other companies would be smart to book her because there's the tiny women all around the Indies, and you can find you know Sky Blue, who we talked about in episode four. I mean, she's like four foot eight, like a hundred and two pounds. Like you could put Allie Cat Allie Catch with her, you know, in the ring there, and she could just beat her and like look like a monster against her. And she did that against Heather Reckless. I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty damn good. It, it, it was very simple. She didn't do too much. It was mostly holds and mostly just kind of punches and kicks or whatever. But you know what? Hey, this is a good, to me, this is a good way to rebrand her. And they, the, the crowd started booing her pretty quickly. It didn't take long for, for, you know, being attached to Johnny Bravo, who, who the crowd initially cheered for him. And then he got him to, you know, they, they turned on him real quick and they initially cheered Alley Cat. And then they started booing, you know, when they found out this is the way she was going to be. And this is the way she was going to wrestle. So I didn't mind it. I thought that was, this is a pretty, pretty good rebrand. And I, I'm all for it. If, if, if so, I don't think she's tremendous. I don't think she's one of the best, you know, unsigned talents or whatever, but I, I'm, I'm more into this than any of the Alley Cat bullshit that we've seen before. So 
I think shitbag, flashy managers like Johnny Bravo have a place in wrestling and really need to make a comeback. Um, now, it also depends what the tone of your promotion is. Right, and, and where they are in the card and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Do I want to see Johnny Bravo leading someone to the ring on Bloodsport or in Noah? <laughs> no. But does this work in a place like this? Would it work in Beyond? Would it work on Impact? Would it work, you know... It would work in all of those kinds of places. And you're, you're Johnny Bravos, you're Lord Gideon Grays and RevPro, who I constantly praise, uh, who I think does a tremendous job, especially with younger wrestlers who need someone like him to promo and give them a little, uh, you know, extra juice in terms of presentation. You know, we need to see a return of this. You know, Malcolm Bivens just wasting away in NXT. They do nothing with, with a guy who can talk like that and, and get heat. It's especially in that company too. I mean, that, I know. the company that was built. I mean, the backbone of that company for decades was shit talking you know, I mean, asshole managers, and they just and you just said it, Johnny Bravo, dopey Johnny Bravo comes out there with his dumb coat and you know his dumb sunglasses and all over the top, looking like the Grand Wizard from 1982, looking like Bruce Tharp. Right, and instantly the fans know. Oh, okay, I need fuck to this boo guy. Him. Yeah, <laughs> and they boo him, and then then and then when they find out that Alley Cat's attached with him, they're like, "Oh, fuck Alley Cat!" <laughs> like, you know, right? And, and, you know, and, and then it, that helps her get over this new character and get over as a heel. Right, because he's no, you know? he's not cool at all, and that was the key to all those no. old managers. They were the yes. biggest dweebs, the biggest assholes. You couldn't root for those guys. You're not rooting for Bobby Heenan. He's in a fucking turd. He's wearing a sequin suit and he's an asshole. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like. Yeah, it, it's it's and and they've got this uh, Johnny Bravo. I think is is perfect for that. And they've got this other guy, uh, Chuck Smooth. Oh, we're going to talk about Chuck Smooth, so, who is a confirmed Voices Wrestling flagship listener. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, in we're a gonna, we'll save that. We're getting to that. So let's move on here. We're, so, this is the next match. Actually, next match. I was going to say we're talking about shitbag managers. You have a two on one handicap match. Russ Jones uh, with his manager Chuck E. Smooth. Who I think Chuck E. Smooth is an old like IWA Mid South guy uh, from years and years and years ago. Uh, but it's a two on one handicap match. He came out of one of the episodes. I forget. I think episode four. Uh, he came out and, and said that he has a new client or whatever, and we find the new yes. client is, is Ross Jones, or Russ Jones, sorry, uh, who has worked some shots in, in Chicago for, for years, but uh, had been away for a while. He's a fucking brick shit house. We were talking about Warlord earlier. He's like, he looks like the Warlord of the modern indies. He's so much bigger yeah. and so much more gigantic. He's all tatted up and stuff. Uh, he's against Alex Rico and Rico De La Vega. It does not matter because he just beats their ass in two minutes, and, and, and it's over, and then they go backstage, and Russ Jones is there snorting and snarling, and Chucky Smooth, confirmed Voices of Wrestling flagship listener, goes, remember when wrestlers used to have muscles? Remember when wrestlers used to go out there and beat people's asses and didn't care about having followers or friends on Twitter? Remember when yeah. wrestlers just went out there and did shit? I was like, Chucky he had, Smooth. He had a, his best line was, he opened it up and he goes, you see all the bumps on this man's body? <laughs> yes. You might not know what these are. These are called muscles. Yes, yes. Wrestlers, wrestlers used to have muscles. Wrestlers used to be big and strong and kick people's asses. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Chucky Smooth, you're you're, you're correct. This used to be what pro wrestling was. See, at, at that point, and I was just like, all right, that's just classic stuff. But then when he said they're too worried about having friends on Twitter, I was like, all right, Chuck, yeah. <laughs> like, what's your username? Yeah. What's your Discord name? Let's find out. Like, let's. Yeah. So you just have this guy doing all the talking. For the muscle-bound guy who never spoke, he's just there to be a big goon 
who beats, who wins handicap matches in two minutes. <laughs> I love it, Joe. It's, it's this is how wrestling need. was for decades, and it was fine, and it was great, and people watched it. Like it's, it's so easy. And you can still do this. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just doing the same thing. And now I'm interested in Rush Jones. Yeah, Rush Jones is awesome. Whereas another place would put him in a fucking scramble. He'd do a couple spots, and I'd forget he no, existed. Rush jo- you know what would happen? Rush Jones would face Sky Blue, and he would toss her all around, and they'd go, oh, my God, what's he doing? She's so much smaller than him. Why would she do yeah. this? But then she'd do a Hurricane Rana Joe, and he'd go to the outside, and he'd go, oh, no, <laughs> this is the little girl. She did a Hurricane Rana to me, and then she'd jump to the top rope and do a crossbody, and then they'd go, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, you know, he'd fucking powerbomb her or some shit like that and end up winning anyway, but, uh, you know. Rich, how many of the people? How many of the people of the endless fucking scrambles last weekend? Do you remember? Do you remember any of the people in those endless no, fucking scrambles? No, there was the one scramble I mean, that was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, and I couldn't name any of the one wrestler, any of the wrestlers that were in there. It went eighteen minutes or some shit like that too. Yeah. Uh, next time I watch AEW, I'm going to remember Rush Jones oh, beating these two jerks. Yeah. And this Chucky promo. Smooth baby, let's go. And again, this is another guy just like the Ren Jones, where they're planting seeds. Okay, this is going to be a guy. They're, this is going to be a guy. They're going to get behind this guy. And you hate the shitbag little fucking dweeb manager. And he's hey, got this fucking... He's got even a, a horrible name, too, to the point where you can't root for a guy named Chuck E. Smooth or John E. Bravo. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're kind of the same thing. But it's so old school in that sense that it's like, no, you can't root for a guy named John E. Bravo or Chuck Smooth. I think he's just Chuck Smooth. Yeah, he's just a fucking, you know... Well, he, and, and uh, okay, he, so to be fair, he was Chuck E. Smooth back in the uh, IWA Mid-South yeah. days or whenever he wrestled. But yeah, I don't think just, they want two... I don't think they want two guys with the E. Yeah, so sorry, yeah, but he's just so. Chuck Smooth now. But like I said, it's 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 such a dorky name and he's such a dweeb. Like, he looks like a fucking dweeb. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks like just some shitbag, like, high schooler. Even though I think he's, like, 35 or something like that. I think he's, he's my age. But, like, you can't root for this guy. And, th- and that is the key, is, like, you need heels and you need baby faces. No one in their universe is going to root for Chuck Smooth. And then by, you know, subsequently, they're not going to root for Rush Jones either because he's with Chuck Smooth. So, again, that's right. that's how you used to make heels and used to make faces is, you know, who they were aligned with was just as important as what they did in the ring. That told yeah. as much of the story as what they did in the ring. And it was like, nah, fuck those guys. They're with Bobby Heenan. Those guys suck. Like, that was that was it. That's all the story. Oh, those guys are with Grand Wizard. I don't like those guys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it's it, you got to go back to that, and and they've reintroduced it here. It's good. Uh, Ace Austin versus Jake Crist, uh, about an eight minute back and forth match. Ace Austin looked pretty good in this, and and I thought Jake Jake Crist looked good too. So I was kind of just sort of student versus you know uh, teacher here with Ace Austin being the young guy, Jake Crist being kind of the older veteran. It feels I feel very old with Jake Crist being now a veteran <laughs> pro wrestler. Uh, you know, one half of Irish Airborne is now a veteran pro wrestler, but. Uh, uh, anyway, Ace Austin got the win here. It looked pretty good, and, and I liked it. It was a good little match. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and then AEW uh, Heritage title, Myron Reed defeating Hakeem Zayn to win the Heritage title. Uh, 16 minutes, really, really good back and forth match between these two guys. Uh, Hakeem Zayn, very interesting, though, that he got the, that he lost here. I thought they would kind of keep the title on him for a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back to AEW. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, uh, Myron Reed gets the win there uh, and is your new uh, Heritage champion. Yeah, so they kind of built to that match all through the three episodes. So, um, and then and then you know Reed beat him. So Reed's been a you know like you said one of these Elgin guys that they use a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's a baby face there. So um, the next taping is on the twenty fourth. They've got Dragon Bane, Heo, Decanus, Lupus, and Thomas Shire coming in for some new names. Uh, Thomas Shire is a guy to watch out for. I watched him a lot in Texas. He would come down in that 
I think he's from St. Louis, so I think he would come in one of those St. Louis cars or whatever. Um, he had a very good match in the St. Louis Anarchy G1 style tournament before they canceled that. Um, he's got good size. He's a guy to watch. And, you know, they got the, you know, that, you know, Bane and Canis Lupus who travel together. They've got them coming in as well. So should be good. And then, like I said, they're building to uh, May 7th will be the Mance Warner versus Fred Yehi match. So I'm sure they'll do a lot on this taping to heat that up because this will be it between now and May 7th. Right, this right, is their right. last. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I won't be able to go to the tapings uh, next week, even though I, I, I wish I could. But uh, I am going to definitely do uh, Take No Prisoners because I haven't been to a live wrestling show since uh, AEW Revolution. And I'm <laughs> itching to get to a live wrestling show again. So yeah, uh, Take No Prisoners, I will definitely be there. And I do want to check out some of these live tapings as well, uh, mostly because they're very close to my house. They're like 10 minutes away from my house. Uh, and they're pretty cool. I, I like the style that they're doing them, and I, I like the approach that they're taking. So, um, yeah, live wrestling, I, I cannot wait uh, to get back to live wrestling, and I'm glad that AEW is, is right in my backyard to watch because I liked a lot of what I saw here. Uh, I'm excited to see it. But again, as we said, AEW On Demand uh, for those. They also air these on Twitch as well live, but uh, you can follow them. It, it, just follow AEW, and you'll find out when to watch them all and stuff. So many different ways to watch it. Not very hard to, uh, to watch. Production values are are pretty damn good considering they're running in a corner of an abandoned mall. So <laughs> that's the... Or sorry, the Galley Arena. I should say the Galley Arena. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's... That's what that building is. Yeah, so it's a it's an it's an old mall that's been turned into like a once or twice a week swap meet. Uh, but there's this hmm. one random corner that runs wrestling every so often. So you have to walk around this abandoned mall to the back of it, and then the back of it is where the wrestling is. It's very strange. GCW ran there. Uh, Galley Lucha runs there. Uh, oh yeah, you always talk about that. Freelance place. Underground yeah. runs there every so often. Yeah, it's 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 a very unique place to watch wrestling. I'll put it that way. So yeah, it's. It worked for GCW. The vibe of GCW worked very well in a corner of an abandoned mall. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know as much about that. Uh, well, they're going to Bourbon Street for the May 7th show. Yeah, exactly. So that, that'll be nice to go to a, a real venue <laughs> that I haven't been to in, in a long time. So that is that. So that is AEW. Um, let's move on. Uh, one, one last topic we're going to talk about here. Uh, AD's Stone Cold Steve Austin biography. I watched this. You did not see it. Uh, but it aired on, uh, I believe it was uh, Sunday. It, it aired on Sunday. Uh, this is a first of a series of AEW, uh, A&E, uh, sorry, A&E biographies uh, on WWE wrestlers. Uh, they're directed by Jake Rogal, who uh, did, uh, he was a producer for The Last Dance and Andre the Giant. An executive produced by Jason Hare, who did uh, actually direct the HBO documentary, as well as uh, The Last Dance and Michael Jordan thing. So it's it's backed by some pretty decent guys, and, and I really like this. I thought this was a really, really good biography. Uh, on Stone Cold Steve Austin. For most listeners here, and, and Joe, if you ended up watching it, I don't think you're going to learn a ton more. But there was enough in there that I thought was, was was interesting, and it kept me kind of engaged. They did a lot about his early life. They did a lot about his early wrestling career, and they did a lot. I was surprised at how much they did of you know the ringmaster Steve Austin in WWE, and and really having no direction, nothing going on. They Vince McMahon flat out says, "I thought I wasted my time and my money on him." Um, then Stone Cold basically saying, "Well, one day I just kind of stopped wearing green trunks and wore black trunks, and nobody noticed. And then one day I just shaved my head, and nobody noticed." And then one day I grew goatee and nobody noticed. And then little by little, I just started creating this Stone Cold character. Uh, you know, they gave him the list of names. That, you know, that's a famous story, of course. The Chili McFreezes and Willie Wonka or whatever the fuck. Willie Ice or something like that. Or ICD or some dumbass names or whatever. Uh, and eventually his wife says, you know, Stone Cold. Uh, you know, drink your tea before it comes to Stone Cold. He comes back and says, I'm going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then kind of away they go. And everything is kind of developed there. They talk about how, you know. 
Michael Hayes tells him about the Austin 316, you know, that, that, you know, Stone Cold's not there. He's in the hospital when, because his, his, his lip gets cut up. So, you know, he, he asked Michael Hayes, hey, what did Jake talk about so I can talk about that in my promo? And he says, ah, he did some Bible stuff or whatever. So Austin goes, okay, cool. And that's when Austin 316 came up. So it's just kind of a little bit more about, you know, how he kind of developed that character. And the thing that I really gathered from this more than anything is, and we talk about it all the time, is, you know, this idea of Vince McMahon as this incredible creative genius and this guy, you know, this builder of stars and this creator of stars. I mean, this documentary doesn't do a very good job of saying that. I mean, his idea for Stone Cold Steve Austin was the ringmaster. He was about ready to give up on it. He had no say in Stone Cold. He had no say in the way he looked. He had no say in the promo. And it pretty much all kind of happened because Stone Cold kind of did it. And then also they they left this part out, which I always bring this up, is that after Austin 316, you know, they have Bruce Pritchard say, oh, after Austin 316, he was a made man. He was a star. And it's like, well, okay, well, at SummerSlam, he was in the fucking free-for-all. And he didn't do shit. Until Bret Hart came back and said, no, I want to have a match with that guy because that guy fucking rules. And if not for Bret Hart saying I want that match, and if not for Stone Cold Steve Austin changing the black trunks and shaving his hair and wearing the goatee and saying Austin 316 and his wife saying Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much credit I'm going to give Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Entertainment for the creation of Stone Cold Steve Austin when they had nothing to do with it whatsoever. So... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those if, if, if you know, it, it shined a light a little bit more on that because they were pretty honest and Stone Cold. I mean, at no point one time for a second did he give WWE credit for anything of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And nobody that they interviewed except for Bruce Pritchard gave it any credit to WWE whatsoever. Mick yeah. Foley, my, even Michael Hayes says like, yeah, I just told him, you know, I just told him I told him Jake said something about the Bible. <laughs> so that's how he did it. That's, you know, that's all. That's it. That's everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like it kind of shined a light on me even a little bit more because I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Jesus. This guy did it all on his own. <laughs> and really, the, 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 the promo style of Stone Cold Steve Austin is Paul Heyman bringing in Stunning Steve and saying, hey, or, or it's just Steve Austin himself where he brings him oh, in after I WCW mean, and says, hey, talk. I mean, when you listen to those those Steve Austin and ECW promos, that's that's Stone Cold that's Steve Stone Austin. Cold. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Stone Cold right there. Yeah, absolutely. That's Stone Cold with hair. I mean, you know, that that you're absolutely right. And McMahon's idea was ringmaster. And it, it sucked and it was a dud. And it turned one of the most charismatic wrestlers of all time into a non-entity who was on the verge of being cut. Yes, yeah, Steve, Steve Austin is, says, I had no idea what he wanted me to do. I didn't understand the character whatsoever. I didn't know what yeah. I was supposed to be. Now he's a genius star maker. That's right. He said, I was That's the ringmaster and I didn't know what the ringmaster meant. And nobody told me what the ringmaster meant. Right. Great. And <laughs> good. it's not as if Steve Austin wasn't a known commodity literally from day one as a potential future superstar and top guy, because that was exactly what he was known as from the moment he debuted. He got pushed immediately right out of the gate in the USWA, uh, was a star as a rookie, and WCW brought him in, and everybody thought he had top guy potential there. And that kind of stalled when Bischoff came into power or whatnot. And then, uh, you know, obviously he had the pit stop in ECW where, like you say, he was doing Stone Cold in ECW. It was an early version of Stone Cold, um, especially the promos. You know, it still wasn't all the way there or whatnot. And it was more, it was more of a cross between stunning Steve Austin. It was super, he was superstar Steve Austin. It was kind of a cross between stunning Steve Austin and where Stone Cold would eventually go. Um, So he was a little more flamboyant and a little less tough guy. But you saw the seed. That's where the seeds were planted. 
Well, you know, what's cool about those promos, and if you haven't, they play a lot of them uh, as well, is like it starts yeah. out with him being superstar Steve Austin, but then little by little, he gets a little bit more angry and angry and angry. And, you know, they, they show the clip where he's got that, you know, the, the Steve Mania shirt, and he goes, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is all garbage. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. like, yeah. that's Stone Cold. You know, that's coming through right there. Or, you know, yep. Eric Bischoff firing. It usually start in kind of like flamboyant, and then little by little, as, as, as he got, you know, more and more angry and more and more angry, that real deep down, you know, Steve Williams, the angry Steve Williams came out, which is essentially what Stone Cold is. Yeah, it was the development right before your eyes, you know, and then the ringmaster just kind of put a stop to that until, like you say, he just went into business for himself. He says literally, I just changed my trunks and changed my hair and changed my goatee and nobody noticed. (laughs) And you know, the worst part about that is you can't do that now. Everything is so micromanaged well, yeah, and, and controlled. And, and Michael Hayes even says that as well. I think Triple H even says it too, which is kind of funny that, that he says, you know, that Austin 316 was just like a complete, it happened because Austin wasn't there. He showed up and said, hey, what did Jake talk about in his promo? Michael Hayes says, hey, something about Bible verses. And he goes, okay, cool. I'll just do something. I, uh, I'll figure it out. And he goes out there and that's when he calls Austin 316. No, yeah. he wouldn't. Talk about he'd talk about fucking dodos or saber two tigers or whatever the hell fucking T bar had to talk about this week uh, on Raw. You know what I mean? Like they, nobody would have scripted Austin three sixteen. No, they're gonna hand ass. him a script. He would have said to, to Michael Hayes, "What do I think about Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts? What do I think about Jake the Snake Roberts?" And then he would have used the same cadence as everybody else and whatever horrible scripted verbiage they gave him. They're not allowing their people to uh, to break out or experiment or go into business for themselves in the way that he did. And as a result, who knows how many stars have slipped through the cracks that they've whiffed on because of that. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. The documentary does a very, very good job of telling you how close it came to Austin, just never being a thing and just being nothing. Vince McMahon straight up says, I feel like I wasted my money and my time on this guy. Yeah. And and it's hardly a unique story and it's, and, and it's not even exaggerated. It's the truth. Same story with Cena. Fucking around on a bus. Oh, fired, yeah. Days away from being fired, probably. Yeah, just fucking around on a bus, rapping, making people laugh. And the right people heard it and said, why don't you incorporate that into your... It's the, you know, this is why, why we see all the time this McMahon is so overrated in terms of star creation and creativity and all that. Tremendous businessman. Vastly overrated in these other areas where he gets incredible credit. Vastly overrated. I mean, his original vision... For the three biggest stars of the last uh, two two and a half decades or whatever, were flops. Yeah, blue chipper. Was- we have blue chipper Rocky Maivia. Yep. The ringmaster. <laughs> yep. And John Cena, ruthless aggression. John yeah, Cena. John Cena wears hometown team's trunks. <laughs> yeah, and acts mean as a like you know, and acts like a guy who's determined. I mean, it's like those were all enormous flops. And The Rock was going to make it regardless. Got to be fair here. He's going to make it regardless. The other two, strokes of luck. Strokes of luck. They, they made it. They, they, Austin made sure that he made it. And, and Cena was just a stroke of luck. Where are, they, where are they without Steve Austin and Cena today? Yeah. They're not getting billion-dollar TV deals. No. No, they're not. So, um, no, I didn't see it, but... Uh, and like you're saying, this is not something where a hardcore fan is going to learn a lot. Is that what you're saying here? Yeah, but- I don't think you, I, I don't think a hardcore fan is going to learn a lot, but I think it does a good job. It, it does a good enough job where I don't think your your intelligence is not going to be insulted here. 
You know what I mean? Like they they don't like you said they don't have to introduce you to they don't say well well professional wrestling began and uh, the territory system is yeah, yeah. it's just you know it, they go right into it. You know what I mean? They they, they don't waste yeah. your time. They assume that you at least have some knowledge of pro wrestling when you're watching it. And and like I said, Jason Hare who who who's you know the executive producer he did the Andre the Giant doc from HBO which was fucking incredible. Uh, he did the yeah. Last Dance which is also great. And 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 Jake uh, Rogal I th- I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he did Last Dance and Andre Giant as well. So these two have worked together on wrestling documentaries as well as, you know, The Last Dance, which is obviously a tremendous uh, documentary. So, yeah, I, I don't know that a hardcore fan is going to sit down and learn anything new, but I think a hardcore fan will, will still enjoy it nonetheless. Uh, you think hours. these now are these guys going to they're producing all the other ones as well? I believe they up? are. Yeah. So so the other ones. So, so first, I do want to say this real quick before we got here. Uh, ratings. One point zero six million viewers for this one. A point yeah, three eight in the eighteen to forty nine demo as well. Oh, huge numbers! Huge yeah. numbers for that. So that, that that's good stuff uh, there. But uh, yeah, so next week bio, uh, next week's bio was on Roddy Roddy Piper. I'm very curious about that one, obviously, since uh, you don't have you know first run footage of Roddy Piper. You, you can't film it right now, uh, obviously, with him being you know dead and all. But I'm uh, very curious how how that ends up working. But uh, yeah, that that's I I I have more faith now in, in knowing. I thought these were going to kind of be cookie cutter bullshit documentaries and they sure. weren't so i'm very excited now to watch them because like honestly my mom told me about these she said hey are you watching that stone cold documentary i'm like what the fuck are you talking about stone cold documentary and she's like yeah there's a stone cold documentary on a and e and i was like okay i'll i guess i'll record it and then she you know texted me afterwards i didn't watch it live and she said it was phenomenal and i'm like all right well she doesn't know anything what she you know i watched right. it i was like yeah that's pretty damn good all right she she got it so i'm very curious now to watching these other ones because roddy roddy piper's next week uh after that uh, i don't know the order but uh we have a macho man one a booker t one a Shawn Michaels one, a Bret Hart one, a Mick Foley one, uh, and an Ultimate Warrior one as well. So, um, yeah, some of those I, I, I think have the potential to be really cool. Um, I think a Bret Hart, a Mick Foley, uh, a Macho Man all sound really cool to me. Eh, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Warrior, I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> I'll see how those go. I have a lot more faith after watching this first episode, though. So well, Booker I, T has a really good story. He has a cool story. Good. I wonder how much. he. The problem is, is Booker T doesn't really like telling his story. I'm curious if they get it out of him. I'm curious if they get it out of him because he tends yeah. to, he tends to just kind of get into shill mode. You know what I mean? Like I, I he's he's yeah. a weird character. I, I don't know exactly how to describe him. But hey, if yeah. they if they do as well as we did when we interviewed him, they can get it out of him. So we'll see. We got him to talk. We got him to talk. Yeah, I was a crowning so. achievement of that. I don't think this podcast exists if we don't get Booker T. To tell, I mean that that was like the one moment where I was like, hey, wait, we're kind of good at this, I guess. Where we had Booker T. He had to go in 20 minutes or whatever. 20 minutes came up. We said, all right, Booker, that's the 20. Uh, we'll wrap it up right now. And he goes, no, 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 we're having fun. Let's keep talking. And we're like, He's okay. like, no, nah, no, nah, keep going, man. Keep going. And we went for yeah. another hour. We talked to Booker T about everything for another hour. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. You know, because he had his like guy on the other line. And we're like, all right, we can wrap up. And the guy was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And Booker's like, no, 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 we're having fun. Let's keep going. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm having fun if you're having fun, man. <laughs> so that's good. Gave us the can you dig that at the end? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. End the show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very curious about the rest of the lineup, and uh, I'm curious on the ratings too. If if these all hold up, I mean, Stone Cold is obviously Stone Cold, but uh, yeah, it's that's a pretty damn good ratings uh, the, the, in the demo too. The point three eight in the demo is 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 pretty damn. Oh good, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, those are big numbers. So that's that. Um, anything else? I don't think we're done. I think we're done. Just above, uh, just over three hours here. So anyway, VoicesOfWrestling.com, MyBookie.ag, promo code Voices, Manscaped, promo code Flagship. And also keeps.com slash VOW to support our sponsors. Uh, VoiceRest.com slash Discord as well to join the uh, the conversation that we have going on around the shows and all of everything going on in wrestling. 
Uh, we're also on Twitter at Voices Wrestling, but don't follow us and, and just delete Twitter instead. So anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Voices Wrestling flagship podcast.